0: Let's do it. And now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey.
1: Hello, it's Paul and Byron, by the Vancouver Giants. I'm Kirby Dock of the Saskatoon Blades. I'm Dylan Cousins of the Westbridge Hurricanes. Hey guys,
2: this
3: is Cam here.
2: Spencer Knight. This is Matt Boldy. It's Alex Turcotte from Team USA. Hi, it's Maurice Sider from the Adelaide.
3: This is Alexis Lafreniere of the Rimouski Oceanic. Major Junior. They were the best in the QMJHL, and now the Huskies are Memorial Cup champions.
4: NCAA. Everybody in that Bulldog section's on their feet. The bench is ready to party as the UMV Bulldogs are back-to-back national champions.
0: The World Juniors. Five,
4: the NHL Draft.
2: With the first pick overall, the New Jersey Devils are proud to
4: select from the U.S. program, Jack Hughes. And more.
3: Unbelievable. Wow.
4: That's
0: incredible. This is the Pipeline Show.
3: All right.
4: It's another weekend. And that means it's another episode of the Pipeline Show. Welcome to the program, everybody. My name is Gee Fleming. Thanks for uh, tuning in and downloading This episode in particular, and if you're a newcomer to the show, then I appreciate you taking the time. If you're a returning listener, then I obviously appreciate you coming back for more. Thanks to everybody who's been signing up uh, lately on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Pipeline Show. It's been about a dozen people here in the last uh, couple of weeks. Which is always welcome. I appreciate that. As always, we start with the question of the week. I put that up on Twitter. As I'm speaking with you right now, it's Thursday evening, but the show won't be available uh, tonight. It'll come out... Uh, on friday in time for the weekend and uh, uh but i did put up the question of the week on thursday some of the responses that have come into it already i'll get to in a second what's the question it's this what do you predict to be the final standings in the whl central division for this coming season the 2019-20 season and how many of the teams do you think will make the playoffs uh, I also reminded you of swift current now in the central division as the kootenai ice relocate to winnipeg for this coming year So you got six teams to pick from, and uh, here's some of the response that has come in so far. Uh, Lucas, a regular listener and contributor to the question of the week, he says he's got Edmonton, Calgary, Medicine Hat, and Lethbridge as the four playoff teams in that order, with Red Deer and Swift Current missing out. Sports CA, that's the Twitter handle, says, I'd say as of right now it's Edmonton, Lethbridge, Calgary, Medicine Hat, Red Deer, and Swift Current didn't draw a line for the playoffs. Uh, in that response, Alfonso says Edmonton, Lethbridge, Medicine at Calgary with Red Deer and Swift Current as the uh, two bottom teams. And a uh, Cole has just uh, chimed in. He says Calgary, Medicine at F- Edmonton, Lethbridge with again Red Deer and Swift Current as the bottom two. That seems to be a theme growing here with uh, both Red Deer and Swift Current, the only constants in their positions. Swift Current dead last and Red Deer in fifth. Uh, a lot of people picking Edmonton. To be the top team, I can understand why they did finish the uh, uh, last season in first place. I will remind people the Calgary Hitmen made a pretty big addition in the offseason by getting Jet Wu. Could be a difference maker to make that race uh, a lot tighter. The Oil Kings expected to be without Trey Fix-Wilansky this year as well. So we'll see. We're still a month away from the start of the regular season, but training camps are opening up here. Some teams have already got theirs underway. The Old Kings open up on uh, this coming Wednesday, so less than a week now before uh, Rookie Camp opens here in Edmonton. But that's the question of the day. You can uh, share your thoughts with me on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at TPS underscore Gee, and that's where you'll find the question of the day as well. I mentioned that WHL camps open uh, several of them, have opened up already some uh, intra-squad games uh, already uh, happening in places like uh, Portland and uh, Seattle and some teams have uh, giant camps I, I saw and I've talked to a few GMs already which I'll tell you what's coming down the pipe here momentarily but uh you know 80 90 players coming to camp things like that the rookie portion uh, the teams out there beating the bush to try to find players that's for sure so camps opening up around the WHL across the CHL and games already being played uh Exhibition games already being played in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. The Cape Breton Screaming Eagles have uh, undergone a logo and a name change. They've, they're no longer screaming, just the Cape Breton Eagles with a uh, same color scheme as before, the black and gold, but uh, now a little bit more uh, streamlined uh, eagle head. So I wanted to mention the Junior Club World Cup. That's a tournament that's uh, going on in Russia. It uh, starts this weekend, but a couple of uh, pre-tournament games underway and, and uh, some have been wrapped up. Uh, Team Alberta victorious, so a 5-2 win in their uh, pre-tournament game. You can follow the action of those games. I know the AJHL website has posted a, a link to the YouTube channel that the games will be shown on. You can watch those games live on YouTube. Uh, the AJHL on a Friday, and I believe it'll be Friday morning, so by the time you're hearing this, it might already be done. Perhaps there'll be a replay, or recap of it uh, afterwards. We could watch it anyway. Uh, they're playing the Yaroslavl team on the 23rd. On the 25th, they'll take on Sweden's uh, entry. That's uh, the U20 club representing Moto. And uh, they'll play Davos, the Swiss team, on August 27th. So, best of luck to Team AJHL. And the last thing I want to mention, as uh, try to keep this intro segment uh, shorter today, because uh, lots of guests on the show and lengthy interviews, uh, a few of the U-sport clubs across Canada, that's the university uh, hockey teams, have been announcing their recruiting classes in the University of Alberta, which is always one of the perennial powerhouse teams across uh, Canada when it comes to uh, men's hockey. Uh, they announced uh, their recruiting class for this year, and it is a who's who of uh, overage players from uh, the WHL last year who are uh, deciding to use their scholarship package right away. Some of the names that you'll recognize are going to join the U of A Golden Bears this year. Netminder Griffin Outhouse, he's going to go in. He played with the Victoria Royals. Uh, he's going to go in and replace um, uh, Zach Sachenko He's going to take that spot. Sachenko has been signed by the San Jose Sharks. Uh, also joining Griffin Outhouse is Matt Berlin. Played in the uh, AJHL last year with the Sherwood Park Crusaders, but uh, played in the WHL before that. They joined Brendan Burke, who I believe is still at the U of A this year. Other guys are going to the University of Alberta. Dalton Hamiluk, Jared Frederick, Dawson Davidson. Now those are three. Braden Chisholm make it four defensemen on their way to the U of A. Fords, Nolan Vulcan, who's a local product, played with the Seattle Thunderbirds. Luke Smith, who played in Spokane. Josh Patterson, who finished up his WHL career with the Portland Winterhawks. And um, uh, Matt Fontaine was outstanding last season for the Everett Silvertips. And Chad Butcher as well, who played for the Medicine Hat Tigers, they are all on their way to the University of Alberta, and will now some of them will have up to five years of uh, books and tuition uh, covered by their WHL scholarship package. Uh, and that's, you know, a guy like Nolan Vulcan, for instance, played five full years in the Western Hockey League and now has the opportunity to go to school for free for five years as well, uh, and playing some really strong level of hockey before he can turn pro whether that'll be in the American League or some guys will sign NHL contracts. doesn't happen all the time, but a lot of guys will uh, play in the American Hockey League when they're done at U sport level or in the ECHL or they'll head overseas. But those leagues aren't going anywhere, so I really like that guys are using their scholarship package and uh, getting that free education while they can. So a guy like Nolan Vulcan is a perfect example of a guy who played five years of the dub Will play up to five years of u sport hockey. That's ten years of development hockey uh, before signing his first pro contract. I think that's fantastic, and I know a lot of people talk about playing two or three years in uh, in junior A and then uh, four years of NCAA, and yeah, that's that's awesome. That's seven years of developmental hockey, but uh, I don't think a lot of people look at the WHL and are automatically thinking ten years of uh, developmental hockey that's it's outstanding i think uh more people and more players i hope will take advantage of the scholarship package all right let's get to what's coming down the pipe today we as you know we are starting the season this is season 15 of the pipeline show and we are starting it off as we always do previewing whl teams one by one as the uh camps open and the exhibition games get going in the regular season We'll be honest before we know it. Uh, well, this week we had three teams last week. The Edmonton Oil Kings, the Calgary Hitmen, and the Everett Silvertips. Uh, this week we're talking with uh, five general managers or head coaches. In a couple of cases, it's the same guy. Here's the guest list. Uh, we're going to look at the Red Deer Rebels. That means owner, general manager, head coach Brent Sutter will be by. Then we'll go to the Victoria Royals on uh, on Vancouver Island. Uh, Cam Hope is the GM there. Then we will uh, dip south of the border. The Spokane Chiefs have a new head coach, and that's uh, a familiar name, Manny Viveros. The last time he was in the WHL was just a couple of years ago. Ended up coaching the Swift Current Broncos to a WHL championship. uh, Last year spent in the NHL with the Edmonton Oilers on their bench. Uh, Now finds himself back in the dub with the Spokane Chiefs. You'll hear from him. Then we'll go up to Prince George. Mark Lamb is the GM and head coach of the Cougars. And we will end this uh, week's episode with the Swift Current Broncos, and that's Dean Brockman, who uh, holds both jobs down as well, GM and head coach of the Broncos. So a full slate of guests, and all of them are in the Dub segments, uh, which are, are always brought to you by Dubnetwork.ca. Stay up to date on everything happening around the Western Hockey League. Get your daily dose of WHL information at Dubnetwork.ca. Reminder that uh, you can go to the thestorenextdoor.ca and uh, check out all the products uh, that fine company is uh, putting together. They're taking broken hockey sticks, as many as they can collect from wherever they can get them. Here in Ed, in the Edmonton area, you can uh, drop off your broken sticks at United Sport and Cycle, and they're going to compile and collect. You know, once they get a couple of hundred uh, sticks, they're going to uh, ship them off out east to the store next door, and they're going to take those broken sticks and make some really cool products out of it, like uh, deck chairs or or benches or tables or picture frames or. Uh, display racks if you have a hockey puck collection uh, lots of cool stuff like that. So, uh, check out the store nextdoor.ca and uh, take your broken sticks to United Sport and Cycle. If you're not in the Edmonton area, as uh, most of you aren't, uh maybe get in touch with the store nextdoor.ca and see if there is a drop-off spot near where you live or if you can collect a bunch of sticks and you want to help them, get in touch with them and and see what you can do about uh, getting the sticks to them. Again, that's the store nextdoor ca all right let's get to the show and first up the red deer rebels brent sutter owner head coach and gm he's up next here on the pipeline show
2: Hi, this is Landon Furrier of the Red Deer Rebels. Hi, I'm Connor Bleakley. This is Matt Dumba.
5: Hey, it's Adam Uslo. This is Ryan Nijin-Hopkins.
3: Hey, this is Grayson Polanchuk. Hey, this is Brandon Sutter. It's Hayden Fleury.
0: Hi, I'm Alex Petrovic. Hi, it's Brent Sutter of the Red Deer Rebels, head coach, general manager, and owner. You are listening to The Pipeline Show. Wow!
3: and on the back, end, shoots, and scores! The Spruce Grove Saints are excited to unveil their first ever hockey school. Taking place August 19th to 23rd right here at the Grant Fear Arena, brought to you by Subway and Humpty's Restaurants of Spruce Grove. This one-week hockey school includes over 10 hours of on and off-ice instruction from Saints coaching staff and current Saints players. Each camp participant will receive a camp jersey and a t-shirt to keep and have one on-ice and one off-ice session per day. Each day will have a specific focus to enhance the skating, shooting, and puck handling skills of each player. Both boys and girls of all levels of all experience are encouraged to come out and take part. To cap off the week, each group will have a subway sub-party with the Saints coaches up in the lounge. Visit www.sprucegrovesaints.ca and sign up for the Hockey School now. Click on the Hockey School tab on the right side of the page. You're listening to The
0: Pipeline
4: Show with Guy Flaming. I think I'm getting the black lung pop. Back on the Pipeline Show with Keith Flaming, we're going to kick off this week's uh, round of uh, WHL team-by-team previews uh, with the Red Deer Rebels, and that means the uh, owner, GM, head coach, and uh, head usher of the uh, Rebels is uh, Brent Sutter. Brent, uh, welcome back to the Pipeline Show. Thanks for uh, taking the time out, and I know it's uh, always a very busy off season for you as well. Uh, Thanks for doing this. How are you?
0: No, I'm doing good. Thanks,
4: dude. All right. Well, let's uh, look at uh, the team that's uh, coming to camp for you this year, and, and maybe we'll start with uh, the players who aren't back from last year's roster. And every team loses the three overage players for you. That's Jeff DeWitt, Reese Johnson, and of course Brandon Hagel, who had such a fantastic season for you last year. Anybody else from last year's roster who isn't back? That's not back because they're uh, they were an overage player. I know Carson Sass is now with the Tri City Americans, and I wonder about uh, Alexander Alexiev, uh, do you move forward assuming he's not back or do you know what's happening there for sure?
0: Yeah, I know for sure Alex is not coming back He uh, He obviously was a first round pick and signed in in Charlie level deal last uh, I guess it was last fall a year ago from now and uh, they're going to turn him pro. He's definitely going to play there in uh, in Hershey or in Washington depending what happens there um in Carson Sass we put Sasser on on waivers at uh, uh in the July and uh, he was claimed by Tri-Cities um you know we just we just felt that you know with the three 20-year-olds coming back with Ethan Sackowich and uh Brett Davis and Cameron Hosinger that uh, we were set in our 20-year-old positions and we knew for sure those three guys were coming back that we react early on SAS and try to see if there's an opportunity somewhere else in the league for him. He's such an awesome kid and he's been with us for three years and, um, but uh you know we were it was you know it was great that Tri Cities grabbed him and uh, so, you know, other than that, uh you know, everybody everybody will be back. we don't have a uh you know, we were a young team last year in a lot of ways, uh and we're getting to be younger this year. So it's uh it's it's just one of those things that the three and year four coming out the host of the Memorial Cup, uh, you know, just the way it is, and you you adjust to it and adapt to it, and yeah, we're excited about it and the fact that uh, these young players are good players and. New kids coming in, quite a few of them. Quite a few of them played junior A last year, sixteen year olds. So and they played a lot, and those teams did a great job developing them. So, you know, we're we're excited with that group, but it's going to be a group that we need to uh, have some patience with and uh, make sure that uh, the young kids grow the right way and develop the right way.
4: Having uh, put Sass on waivers and having him claim, as you mentioned, it, it clears up your overage situation. So there's there's no uh, side story uh, with that going into camp. Everybody knows who the three are going to be uh, to start the season. Was that by design? I, I'm sure there have been years where you've had maybe four or five 20-year-olds in camp and you kind of let it uh, settle it, itself, that situation, kind of work itself out through camp and through the preseason. But doing it this way this year, was that by design?
0: Well to somewhat, yeah, to some degree. I mean we made the trade last November to get uh, Davis and Hodgson, and uh, you know, and if they didn't turn pro, um, you know, we figured for sure that they'd be back. Obviously if they didn't turn pro maybe they'd be two of our twenty year olds and it was just deciding, you know, which one of our defensemen would be uh would be the right guy that would fit in best with our young kids and we thought Sack would be the that person and uh just with how he plays and the minutes he can cover and, uh, you know, and, uh, he has got a little bit more of the way the way we want to play here in Reggie moving forward with the young kids and the speed and the skill that they have. We thought he would adjust best with that group. And, you know, it was just, it's one of those years where we're, you know, a lot of times you're in a situation where you're, you're adjusting, you know, which younger guys can fit in better with the older guys. But our team this year is going to be the other way around. It's going to be which older group fits in best with the young group. And when I say the young group, I'm talking about the 16-, 17-, 18-year-olds and uh, which 19-year-olds fit in best with that. And, you know, we're we're pretty happy with, uh, with uh, the guys, with the six guys or seven guys, I guess, that we have that are. 19, 20 year olds, or eight guys, I guess there is that would fit in best for young kids. So I guess to some degree, yes, it was by design. I just didn't want any, you know, any, anything hanging over our heads going in the camp or into through regular through the exhibition, especially with the young kids, them wondering, geez, which veteran's going to be staying, which 20 year old's going to be staying. We could just focus in on what we need to do and how we have to play and um, not worry about those kids not worrying about and players on the team not worrying about decision-making that had to be made with their 20-year-olds.
4: All right, that's what I was getting at. Uh, And and it works out well for for Carson as well, having that settled very early. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good fit for everybody. Um, Anybody else from last year's team that you you think might not be back this year? And and that kind of moves us towards the import player situation because I'm hearing uh, stories and reading stories that Oleg Zaitsev's situation might be up in the air.
0: You know he's yeah he's definitely not coming back at this point okay. um it's disappointing, but you know it's it's just the way it is you know he he never got drafted he didn't have a great second half of the year and uh and he struggled actually a lot in the second half and and for whatever reason um you know and it was just a situation where you know if he probably was drafted, he probably would have came back but as you get deeper into the draft into that fifth, sixth, seventh round in the NHL draft, and you have Europeans playing over here in, in the CHL, and if there's any scuttlebutt out there, rumors out there that he's possibly may, may not come back, um, NHL teams will stay away from him, and for the most part, so, and that's what they did with that's you know, we had, we had talked uh, to his agent, we talked to a couple of NHL teams, and um, that was the biggest issue is that they were concerned that was he going to come back was he not going to come back and uh, unfortunately you know people around him spoke out and said that you know if he wasn't taken in the first four rounds in shell draft he may not be back and <sighs> anyway, it is what it is you know we move on you know to be quite honest I haven't given it much thought since we were given uh, the heads up that he wouldn't come back and that was back in uh, near the end of June and I've moved on without it and like, he's not going to be here. And it now gives other young players on our team opportunities to play those minutes that he would have played. And so it is what it is. It's, uh, you know, it's the toughest thing about European players. And it's, uh, it's one thing that just, you know, just, you know, it's happened to us, but it's happened to numerous teams at different occasions uh, throughout, uh, since the European draft came in existence in the CHL. And it's just the way it is. And you adjust and adapt and, there's a lot of good players that are taking the future draft that never do come over and that's too bad, but you know what? It just gives other players in North America, Canada a chance to play and play in those roles. And, and, you know, a lot of times it's, uh, it always ends up working for, uh, the better.
4: So, uh, going into this year's camp, then do you have any, uh, imports on the team? I, I no You have no Zaitsev, uh, what's your situation yeah. with the imports right now?
0: We, we drafted a player, um, and from Finland, a defenseman, we were looking at a defenseman all along and he was the one kid that we keyed in on and we wanted someone that would fit in the right way and fit in with our young group and the way the game has played today. And, uh, right from the start, he was, uh, he wanted to come to Red Deer. He was, uh, him and his agent went, wanted them to play in Red Deer and he was uh, someone that we followed very closely. Sean and my assistant Jim had kept tabs on all winter long. and you know, he had a good year. He played well. Uh, he was an underage at the uh, U18 last year. And, uh, uh, so it was, uh, it was exciting for us to be able to get him to come here and play. And, uh, you know, and he's, he's a kid that we're, you know, we have high hopes on I and mean, and he's going to have to, you know, there's going to be some adjustment as there is with all European players, but you know, he's a finished boy. Um, he's, uh, He's a kid that uh, skates well, moves the puck well. He plays hard. Uh, you know, he's not a six foot four guy by any means. He's like a six foot six foot one guy. But uh, but we think he's going to fit in really good with our defense and how our
4: defense is. Uh, and that would be Christopher Setoff, correct?
0: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah.
4: All right, let's go by uh, position and uh, with your your goaltender situation. Uh, again, from the outside looking in, it looks like you have Ethan Anders and Byron Fancy Is your. As your two but yeah. uh, you got a lot of youngsters coming to camp as well, don't you?
0: We do. Um, you know, obviously with them being returning players, you know, someone's gonna have to dethrone them, you might say, or obviously terribly playing Um, you know, those two kids have uh you know, they were a key part to our team last year. Uh you know, Andy had a had a great start to the year. He kinda had a little spin off in uh in the middle of the year, but then he came back strong down the stretch and Played well for us and him being a 19 year old goaltender. You know, we think it's huge to have an older goalie on our team with such being such a young group and someone that's already played two years in the league. So Mm. works, you know, we're, we're certainly comfortable with that and we think Byron can push him. We think Byron after being here for a year and maturing and understanding what this level is about and uh, getting to know the league and the consistency that you have to have to be at. You know, period to period, just not game to game, but period to period as a goalie is uh, is something we we're hoping he grew a lot with last year. So between the two of them, and there is a couple young kids that uh, that are you know that are going to push for sure. That'll get opportunities. Um, But like I said, it's a situation where you do have two returning guys, but we think there might be one kid that's uh, for sure that could push, that could uh, possibly uh, you know be one of our one of our you know, two goalies and who knows, we might start the season with three goalies and, and go from there. It's just, there's no, uh, there's no decisions that have to be made by opening night of the, as far as in certain elements within your team. And, uh, so, you know, we'll see where our numbers at for the start of the regular season. And at the end of the day, again, it's about which kids fit in right with our, with our younger kids. And, uh, but obviously goaltending being such an important part of your team, um, you know, it's it's huge to have experience in there with a the young group.
4: Unfortunate for Ethan Anders uh, that he didn't get drafted, but uh, I, if there's a silver lining to that from a team perspective, from the Rebels' perspective, might be that you get a pretty motivated goaltender coming this year.
0: Yeah, it's true. And, you know, and the thing about it is, it's in, and this isn't goaltending, you know, it's, you know, you look at goalies and, you know, Andy's a six foot guy, right? So he. He has to he has to have a year where he's outstanding you know it it uh there can't be inconsistency throughout the year and where you have a good first third of the year and not a great you know second third and then a real good back end there's got to be consistency in that and in shell teams look for the big goalies right so you're you know unless you're a standout being a smaller goalie the chance of getting drafted aren't great so you have to you have to Find a way to be the best. You can't just be in the pack, and and that's where Andy has to fight to get to, you know. And uh, he's he's got to be someone. since I personally think he's got to be one of the top three or four goalies in our league this year, and and he has to shoot for that. And and Byron's got to push him every day, and Andy's got to push Byron, and and whichever other goalie that might be participating uh, to push to play on our team. So, you know that. It's all about, you know, goaltending it's all about consistency and it's all about developing and growing and, and you gotta be difference makers in games and, uh, and, and just not, you know, just not every now and then you, you have to be consistently good night in, night out and especially when you're a smaller goalie and, uh, and I say small in stature. I mean, mm-hmm. a six foot goalie now isn't considered big, which is crazy because a lot of these guys are like Byron and a six foot three guy, right? So, uh, you know, so that's where, you know, the young, these smaller goalies have to have to be standouts.
4: Brent Sutter is the uh, head coach and the GM and the owner of the uh, Red Deer Rebels, my guest here on the Pipeline Show. Uh, moving to the blue line group, and we mentioned Ethan Sackwich, and and uh, uh, he'll be uh, the oldest player on your blue line. and Dawson Bartow, another returning guy. What's your the overall structure of your uh, your blue line going to look like this year, in your opinion?
0: You know, we're going to be young because, you know, we're going to have, you know, gonna, we have Sachs, a 20-year-old. we got Barts is a 19-year-old. Uh, Jacob Haroff will be a 19-year-old. And Hunter Donahoe's the kid that was on the outside kind of last year looking in, trying to fit into the mix and trying to be one of our top six guys. And uh, so we'll see where he's at this year. But then other than that, you know, we got – sixteen year old kid, uh, Leslie Boy will be coming back as a seventeen year old. Uh, mm-hmm. Kyle Masters who's an outstanding young player, sixteen year old he's our first round pick who's gonna be playing uh, you know we'll here if he pushes to and has a good training camp and we signed Augustus and boy out of uh, out of Edmonton that's uh, got a push and play here too. And so you know we and then we got the you know, he's seventeen and we got the, the Finnish boy who's seventeen too so you know, look at that four defensemen. They're 17 years and younger. And they, you know, if they're going to be on the team, they got to play. And so, uh, where else it fits in. And, uh, you know, and we got Ryan Godfrey, the kid from Winnipeg that played in our team last year, big defenseman that uh, will be 18 this year. So there's nine guys right there, you know, that are all going to be in the mix. So where it sorts itself out at, who knows. But, you know, we're, we're comfortable with their back in. Uh, you know, it's not, uh, it's not a massive defense by, by any means by big, tall, you know, guys like that, but they're all guys that can skate and move pucks and, and the way the game playing a fast paced game these guys can play in their competitors. So we're excited about that side of it.
4: Well, and it should be a competitive camp then, too, where you have three or four positions that might be to some degree up. Well, maybe not four positions, but a couple of roster spots anyway up for grabs. That competition mm-hmm. should bring out the best of your guys.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's what training camp is like for every team, right? Like the competition for everybody is on every team. You know, teams, every general manager will tell you the same thing that I'm telling you. Go in the camp and see how guys play. And some teams have more returning players than others. And and yet there's always somebody that stands out in camp that you have to make room for. And and that's what training camp's for. And, And that's the exciting part about training camp is that you want someone like that. You want one or two players that can, that all of a sudden come in and, you know, they wall you yeah, and like, you know, it's impossible to keep them off the team, at least to start the year. So, you know, that's exciting for every team. So we're no different. So, you know, we'll see how it all unfolds. Everyone gets excited in training camp. Everyone starts at ground zero. Everybody's the same. Um, and then it's just, once everyone gets through camp and exhibition and, they get down to the teams, uh, it's different, right? Because now all of a sudden teams have good starts of the year and teams have consistency and consistency. You never know what's going to happen, right? And, you know, it, I look at Edmonton's team and Calgary's team and they're going to have a lot of experienced players and they're going to have a good team. Sure both those teams are going to be good teams, and uh, but they built their team that way, right? And we're kind of on the other end of it where we're just starting to build it. So, you know, it's, uh, but, you know, we're, We've been very fortunate. We come out of the Memorial Cup, um, you know, and making playoffs three straight years. Coming out of the Memorial Cup is a real tough thing to do for any team, and we we're very fortunate. And what's going to happen with this year's team is what we thought we might have been had to do last year, but where we had to be extremely young. But we felt that if we just can just weed in a few guys over two years, that uh, we'd be better off doing that and um, and allow us to continue to continue to have a, a, a culture that pushes to win and, and develop and and making sure it's strong. and So, you know, we've been able to do that. So we were fortunate. That.
4: All right. Well, up front, uh, three big holes to fill, obviously, with uh, Jeff DeWitt and Reese Johnson They're moving on, as well as uh, Brandon Hagel, who was uh, mm-hmm. one of the top scorers in the entire WHL last season, and then throw in uh, Oleg Zaitsev. So there will be lots of changes up front and a new yeah. look. Uh, who becomes the uh, sort of de facto leaders up front for you?
0: Well, you need your veteran guys to to step up, right? Like Brett Brett Davis has to have a year that uh, you know he's had a real good summer. He's training hard, and you know, it might be his first summer where he's where he's probably and not saying that that uh, he hasn't in the past, but it's just consistently pushing all summer long to get stronger, bigger, be more committed in your training, and doing it the right way and um, you know, and we really stayed on top of Brett all summer, and you know he obviously has to have a good year, and he's a very talented player, and it's just consistency and and playing hard every night and we need that from brett and you know, but it starts with his training and how he does it, how he goes about it, and he had a great summer that way, and so we're hoping that he'll come in and push, and he should be our number one centerman but you know, again, play determines that and, and he has to come in and want that and push for that and, uh, and have a will to do it every night. And, and Cameron Hawsinger, he's, you know, both these kids we traded for and, you know, Cameron's a kid the last couple of years, you know, he's been a 20 goal scorer in the league. So, you know, we're hoping he can take his game to another level too. And, but there's a certain way, you know, Hauser has to play for, to accomplish that. And he's got to have grease in his game every night. And, So those two kids as 20 year olds. We expect them to have good years. Uh, you know, we got, uh, the Douglas boy who's now going into his, uh, third year, fourth year with us. And, uh, we need him to uh, be his third year. I guess he's, he's gonna, you know, he needs to step up and, uh, um, you know, he started team with us, I guess it'd be his fourth. He came with us, came to Reggie when he was, uh, in his 16 year old year. So we need him to really take a step for us on the, on the wing. And, uh, he's a really good player and it's just, again, it's just a consistency night in night out and doing it the right way. And Josh Tarswell kid that we traded for from Lethbridge a couple of years ago. Um, a local boy that, uh, was a second round pick by Lethbridge and, uh, you know, we it's again it our same thing. It's just consistency with these guys and you know, playing hard and ain't playing well. So you're older you your older players have to really step up, right? they gotta be they gotta be guys that we can lean on and count on and uh you know and I mean, it just goes down like a returning player like off, the Morazos, the Baines, I mean these dismiss, uh these kids have to take another step for us. And uh and you know, they now they've been with us a year. They know understand what the training needs to be like through the summer and the way things have to be done. And these kids have all trained hard and they've all put on weight, uh, you know, ten, fifteen pounds through the summer. So they're bigger, stronger guys now and um, you know, and they they train the right way and uh the summer and that that's that's exciting. And then we got all the young kids after that. All young players that are coming in that you know, that need to need to come in and prove that they belong and um you know, and we're excited about it, uh, but again, it comes down to everyone's different, right? And how they develop and what, what levels or what stages and throughout the year they'll hit and, um, you know, and they gotta come in and, first and foremost, they gotta be competitors. You know, they gotta come in and compete and be willing to compete against 19, 20 year olds night in, night out and play hard against those guys. And, and yet, yeah, we're excited about it, um, but again, it's determined through play, right? And, uh, and, and I tell our, you know, Sean, assistant GM, um, who oversees all our scouting, like I, you know, it's all fine. Danny, you know, with the kids when you draft them and it's great and stuff, but you really truly don't know what type of player they're going to be until they're 17, 18 years of age and, and, and where they fit in and how they develop and how they grow and what, what their training regiments like and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, how coachable are they? And, you know, and when they're young, we assume all these things, but until we get to that, that age and you really don't know. Right. So mm-hmm. we're, we're excited about these kids. So uh, they, like I said, every one of them to a player, they all had really good years, whether it was in junior A or, or triple uh, A midget last year. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited about them coming in and, but again, where they fit and where, how much they play, and whether they play right wing, center, left wing, who knows? You don't know that until you get into the and sort, it, sort of, it'll sort itself all out.
4: Always interested to see when camps open and guys uh, come to camp and see how much they've physically changed since you last saw them. I, that's always one of the things that jumps out at me. I remember. Adam Lowry wasn't uh, your player, but I think he was drafted at 5'10 or something and left the WHL yeah. at 6'5. Uh, just yeah. the, the natural evolution of guys is pretty interesting. Um, you mentioned a, a few of the names that, uh, guys who are further down your depth chart that will take on bigger roles this year. Uh, guys like Chris Douglas that you mentioned and, um, who are some of the young kids that, uh, that are coming to camp? The, you know, the, the 16 year olds, the 17 year olds that, uh, that fans might uh, get to see maybe not everyday players this year, but guys who are pushing their way onto the roster.
0: Well, as far as another 16 year would think, well, we don't think we know is the uh, uh, group boy from, uh, from Calgary. He was their first round pick seventh overall in the band draft that year and he played for the Buffalos last year in Calgary and they went to the Telus Cup and he, uh, you know he never scored a lot throughout the regular season. Um, but his game improved, and you know he's a big kid he's like six six three a hundred and ninety pounds hundred ninety five pounds and um but he you know he's his skating needed to improve, and he really worked hard on the skating and his and then when he got in down this down the stretch in the regular season playoffs and in the Teles cup, he was outstanding for the buffalos and had a great playoff and he plays hard and he's got grease in his game and he you know, he plays to win every night and he's a big, big, strong center. I that, that's going to be, again, if he develops the right way and does things the right way and stays disciplined and uh, stays focused on what he wants and what he, what he can get to, uh, you know, he's going to be an outstanding player in our league when he's 18, 19 years of age. And again, but you got to get through those first couple of years with it. Right. And, and, you know, is he an everyday player at this level? You know, you want to think so. Um, but again until we get there we're not you know until we get into the season see how things go and um you know and then you got the Weeb boy uh that had a really good year uh playing playing in the sj last year and uh you know he uh he had a great season and uh did did uh uh you know just played really well and uh you know he was uh he was a key player for his junior a team and uh he'll be 17 this year and He's a he's a kid that we're really looking forward to seeing him come in and being a really good player. He's a Moose Jaw boy and uh, he can really skate and he's a big kid. He's 200 pounds now as a 17 year old and uh, so you know we're excited about him. We're you know the Sorensen boy, a kid from Red Deer that uh, that played Notre Dame last year. Um, just a really really good player and uh, uh, you can just. He plays hard. He's not an overly big kid, but he just, he, he plays like he's six foot two, six foot three and got character and he's a real hard working competitive kid, but he can really skate. He's got great skills. So again, we'll see how he develops. Um, the Borzik boy, uh, played Moyn Minister last year. Um, first half of the year played Triple A Midget. Then he played in, uh, then he played in uh uh for the for the Bobcats the last third of the year or whatever and again did really well at the junior A level and very skilled player, uh rolling our first round pick uh from three years ago, seventeen this year and uh two years ago and he played for the Canucks in Calgary. Uh, again he's uh, he's a good player. Uh small in height but plays hard and competitive. He's got you know, really a lot of a lot of juice in his game and and you know, so there's those types of kids. And you got the the Marine boy that played for us last year, he's a sixteen year old, big kid from Czar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh you know, his skating just uh, seeing him a little bit this summer, his skating's and you know certainly has improved and uh John actually just seen him skate here a couple of weeks ago and that's the biggest thing with him, is just his skating just had to get better and he you know, and just his juice levels, competitiveness levels shift in, shift out and playing the game. Understanding positional play, understanding what he needs to do and how he has to be as a player, you know, it takes that takes some, sometimes longer with some younger players than others. And uh, but you know, we're we're looking forward for him to take a step again this year for us. So um, you know, so you know, these all these young kids, right? Like they're all, you know, you got the Isley boy out of Edmonton um, from Grand Prairie played played in Shared Park last year. Uh, you know, he's going to be coming in, pushing. And, you know, there's probably some kids that just thinking out loud here that I might have forgot, but you know, you got the Sidlowski boy that's from Edmonton again, he'll be going into his 18 year old year and where he fits in. And, uh, uh, you know, so there's a, there's a lot of different things that can unfold here. And, you know, we just need to get through camp and see how it all shakes itself out. And, uh, you know, the, you know, those 18-year-old kids are huge for us. So, like uh, Marzoff, the off, Smith, the Smiths, the Bages, they've got to really step up and be good players for us. And We need them to really uh, take another huge step for us this sure.
4: What do you foresee to be the, the biggest challenge for your group uh, through this coming season? Uh, if, last year at this time, when I asked that question of uh, Cam Moon, it was, who's going to bring the offense? Uh, where's the, the scoring going to come from? Because he'd lost so much from... The previous year in that yeah. regard and it you know brandon hagel comes out and, and has a remarkable season and leading the, the team that way but w- what's the the question going for you uh, going into this season for you this year
0: well that could be part of it um you know but you know every team i you know i i, I get that but every team goes through that right unless you've got an abundance of experienced players returning mm-hmm. uh, or if you have a 18 year old that With lights out and put up a pile of numbers and coming back to 19 year old or a 19 year old that's coming back to 20 year old that put up a bunch of numbers as a 19 year old. You just don't know, right? So who knows? Like all of a sudden kids get put into different roles and different, they slot into different, different uh, parts of your team and they get more ice time. They're put into different, uh, uh, you know, different, areas of the game at times of the game where they, you know, that they haven't had a chance to play in. Now they're going to get opportunities to play in that. And it's how they respond in those situations, what their roles, you know, how their roles change. And, you know, like, how are they going to, you know, now like a kid like Morozov off now that, you know, was going to be a third line generation for us now might end up being a second line player for us. And, uh, you know, how is he going to, how is he going to play with more, more added, you know, roles to his game and uh, responsibility to his game. And uh Kenny, and he was a tremendous, tremendous offensive player in midget hockey. So, you know, how, how is that all going to unfold? So, you know, you never know, okay. Like you know, it's, it's, it's always, it's tough thing and you're trying to predict how things are going to be in in the summer and, but until you get into the season, uh, like who would have guessed that Brandon Hagel was going to have the year to get last year coming to yeah. camp. So, you know, you just don't know. Right. And, you know, we had our two of our 20 year olds sign in shell contracts last mm-hmm. year and Reese Johnson, Brian Hagel. And, Brandon Hagle, and who, who would have ever thought that at the start of the year? So, you know, it, it's just, it's just one of those things. It's major junior hockey, right. And that's what makes it exciting. Um, you know, and it is the same way for every team. Right. And, uh, uh again we all start at ground zero and it's just the way it is. It's the way the game's all about. It's like that at every level and uh in what kind of seasons do players have and you know, this year it's gonna be a year where we're probably gonna lack experience in some areas, but what I don't wanna see lacking is competitiveness that we gotta have competitors. We've got to have kids that are gonna to compete to older players when they play against them and, and show that they belong and take steps and strides and if they do that we'll be fine.
4: Last question for you, Brent. Uh, looking at uh, last year, the the, the parity in the Central Division was uh, was outstanding. I mean, with about a month to go in the regular season, you had five teams, including yours, that were fighting it out. And everybody had a legit shot at, at uh, finishing on top of the standings. And uh, slowly weeded things out as the, the last few weeks went by. But when you look at the, this year and, and the rest of the teams in the division or in the Eastern Conference, what would you consider to be a successful season for the Rebels this year?
0: I just want to see us grow as a team. Um, first and foremost, uh, we are going to lack some in experience uh, with, especially um, you know, on, when you, if you want to look at it this way, at the bottom end of our lineups, our third, fourth line guys, are, are you know, or number four to number uh, seven, eight defensemen. Uh, you know that that those are areas that you know we're going to see who really steps up in those areas and uh, who wants to take charge in this league and. 'Cause they're all going to be young guys playing in those roles right in those spots. And and I'm saying that today, and it's not saying that some of them aren't gonna push the all sudden to become number, you know, top line players or top pairing defensemen because they, they very well may by, you know, by Christmas time. So, you know, you never know. And and yet our experienced players have to have to step up. You know, we we need them all to be more consistent for us. We need them all to be good players for us, night in and night out, and, and more importantly, to be great leaders for us. And you know, and our goal team has got to be good. So, where it fits us in in our division, who knows? You know, one thing about our division is it's a it's a well coached division. Uh, it's a division that uh, teams are very competitive when they play with each other. Uh, there's no easy games, uh, you know, and uh, it's a division that uh, you know some years some teams are a bit older than others, but Um, You know, teams can change a lot in a year. A lot of things can happen throughout a season, and uh, injuries can have a bearing on it, development, how certain kids may develop. Uh, You just never know, know, right? And uh, so, you know, you might, every team starts and thinks they might have a great goaltender, and then that goaltender struggles, and then you're battling for it, right? And you're trying to find the element that, you know, someone that can can be that guy and see so you struggle in that at different times throughout the year. And, you know, so it's, a it's a division that, you know, there's, you know, I, I, if you ask me today, it's it's a division. I think the Everkins and Calgary's are certainly going to be good teams in our division, but every other team is going to play hard against them and compete against them and, and be competitive against them. And it's just the way this division is. Um, every, every team's a rival for one another. And, um, you know the Medicine Hat's with Willie coming in there, and Sean Closton was a great coach, but it may settle some things down there. And you know, Willie's Willie's obviously had a tremendous amount of success in major junior hockey, and he's coming back to the league now after gaining all that experience at the professional, at the NHL level, and the pro level. So, mm-hmm. you know, Medicine Hat's going to be a team that's uh, going to. You know one thing for sure, they're going to be very structured, and uh, Willie will see the things that he needs to needs to do in due time and how to how to, you know, adapt to certain things as far as adjustments within his own team. So he's just that type of coach. So uh, you know, Swift sort Current of coming in our division this year now, they you know, I know they had a tough year last year but they're young guys, you gotta think that they they're gonna take another step. So um uh, I think Lethbridge is a lot like us in a lot of ways where you know, they're going to be bringing in some young kids this year because they, they lost a lot of key players off their teams that were studs for them last year. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to, they're kind of going to be in that same situation as us where they're going to be bringing in young kids and putting them in situations and see how they play. And, uh, so it's, it's just one of those divisions, right? And it, the central division is a unique division in a lot of ways. uh, uh there's, there's always seems to doesn't really matter within the division how more how experienced someone is or not there's just always seems to be a lot of parity and competitiveness and uh, uh and everyone knows it's a tough division and and ours is it's a tough division and you gotta you gotta play the right way in it and you need you need to have a team that competes hard and uh and that's what we're shooting here for in red deer is that you know I don't care whether you're 16 or 20 years of age you got to be a competitor you got to play and you got to be coachable and if you're in those three things we'll learn we'll get better and we'll improve and uh, we'll take steps
4: well it should be a fun year and uh, always great to get to the centrum and uh, and watch some hockey I love junior hockey and a junior hockey rank in the centrum is is fantastic uh, outside of the uh, the steepest stairs in the league uh, so on behalf of 21, <laughs> 21 other broadcast teams um, you got the elevator to the press box uh, installed this year?
0: Well, you guys just you know, all need to learn to get in shape. you got to work out <laughs> for the summer.
4: <laughs> <So>. You're right. <laughs> well, Brent, I really appreciate your time. Uh, looking forward to uh, seeing the Rebels come through Edmonton and and for for me to get down to the centrum again. Thanks for doing this.
0: Okay. be bet. You, thanks.
4: Here's Brent Sutter of the Red Deer Rebels uh, and uh, his preview of uh, what his team is going to look like this coming season. And uh, according to the responses to the question of the week, uh, which was for you the listener to predict the final standings in the whl central division this year a lot of people expecting red deer to miss the playoffs and i'll go on record uh i think last year i said they were going to miss the playoffs and uh they proved me wrong uh and i i still blame cam moon for that because the season preview that he gave me last year on the show talked about where's the scoring going to come from and how much scoring and how much offense they'd lost from the previous year and he, he basically told me that uh, they were going to struggle to score and that wasn't the case. Uh, they had uh, some really good performances from some of their older veteran players, and they're going to need that again this year. Uh, but they don't have uh, some of those key guys uh, anymore. It's all about who steps up now. You know, they don't have Brandon Hagel anymore, but Brandon Hagel had a massive season last year, and I don't think anybody expected he was going to get 105 points. You know, 80, 90 points? Sure, 105. Heck of a year for Hagel. But they need somebody else now uh, to step up. I the guy I'm most interested in watching this season is probably Chris Douglas. I saw him early last year and had a really impressive camp and preseason for the uh, the Rebels. Just couldn't get it going in the regular season. But there's some skill and talent there. And, you know, at 6'1", 180-ish pounds, uh, at least that's what he was last year, maybe comes in, may, might be an inch taller and, and 10 pounds heavier. There's something there. So uh, Chris Douglas, the guy I'm most interested uh, among the forward group uh, for the Red Deer Rebels. A lengthy conversation with Brent Sutter. At the start of that, before we started recording, when I first called him, I said, alright, I'm looking for about 20 minutes from you, and uh, we went almost 37 minutes, 36 and a bit. And it wasn't because I was asking a lot of questions. He, summertime Brent Sutter is awesome. You know, In during the season, especially on game days, uh, usually, post-game, he'll, he'll be, I guess, depending on how his uh, team fared that night, but is not nearly as talkative. Uh before games I've had him but before games and it's it's still really good too. Uh and that's not a slight on uh on Brent Sutter. That's just the way it is. In the off season, uh much more time. And uh I've had him on the show several times in the summer, whether it was uh, the podcast or the radio version of the Pipeline show and he's always been really, really good. But uh, almost thirty seven minutes there with Brent Sutter. Nobody else I've chatted with has gone that long. Um so don't expect they're all gonna be uh, big marathon interviews. Uh, Cam Hope of the Victoria Royals, he's the next guest, general manager of those Royals. About 20 minutes with uh, Cam Hope. That's basically what we're targeting for uh, most of these interviews. Some of them will be 25 or something like that. And a couple of them might be 17 or 18 minutes, but 37 minutes, not probably going to be the uh, happening uh, again, but I do really appreciate uh, Brent Sutter when he's on the show. Let's talk about those Victoria Royals next with General Manager Cam Hope.
3: Penalty is over, and the planes, four of them get out up the center and coming in as Lube doing right center that the got scores. Lanny McDonald.
2: Hey, it's Lanny McDonald, formerly of
0: the Medicine Hat Tigers, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Prepare to be knocked on your ass.
4: And we're back on The Pipeline Show. We're continuing on with our WHL team previews. And we uh, go from the Red Deer Rebels to, to the Wet Coast and uh, the Victoria Royals. And that means uh, General Manager Cameron Hope is on The Pipeline Show once again. Uh, Cam, welcome to the program. How are, How's summer been for you?
5: That's been It's been short. It seems like it's been a busy summer. There's not much off-season, but it's been nice. It's, uh, uh, it's nice to get outside when the sun is shining, and it is today.
4: And when does your camp open?
5: Uh, right here at the end of the week, uh, the 23rd, 24th. Okay. Uh, the drafted kids come in first, and, uh, and then our rookie camp, and then it rolls straight into main camp at the end of the weekend.
4: All right, well, summer's pretty much over then. Uh, let's, it sure is. Let's get to looking uh, ahead to uh, what's coming up for you uh, at the camp, but we'll start by looking back and the players from last year's uh, team, the, the guys you had on your playoff roster who won't be back. And obviously every team loses their overage players from last year. For you, that would be Cody McDonald up front, Ralph Jarrett on the blue line, and, of course, Griffin Outhouse, uh, who's who had a fantastic uh, WHL career for you uh, in net. But there are others. Uh, who else is not coming back from last year's team? Yeah, so the other guys
5: that aren't coming back are um, uh, Igor Martinov, uh, who signed a pro contract in Minsk. Uh, he would have been uh, a 20-year-old this year had he had he come back. Uh, Jake Kustra is another player who was 19 last year and is uh, uh, not coming back. Um, DJ Jerome, uh, who was traded in the offseason to Lethbridge. And uh, Tanner Sidaway. Um, who was also a '99 born player would have been part of the 20 year old group this year, um, and then of course in the last couple of weeks uh, there have been a couple of other changes that include Scott Walford mm-hmm. uh, and Dino Cambites uh, moving out and players coming in.
4: And uh, that means you got some new blood uh, coming via trade as well, and we'll get to those guys in, in a second. Um, take us to the uh, the overage situation for the Royals right now, and you mentioned uh, Igor Martinov, so we can cross him off the list uh, and. Uh, what are you at right now? Are you comfortable where you're sitting?
5: We've got four guys uh, right now, gee, coming into camp that are overage guys. Uh, and actually, you know, it's a it's an unusual year for us. Um, in all of the time that I've been here, and this is my eighth season uh, with this club, it's always been the core group of our overage guys. All of them, or or at least two or th- uh, of the guys coming back, have been guys we've drafted and have been up, um, you know, with our club, you know, mm-hmm. through the years. Um, and this is the first year where there's not one single drafted player from our club as part of the returning four that are going to be working for those three positions. Jamison Murray uh, was a player that was acquired last year and played with us as a 19-year-old. Uh, Shane Farkas, the goaltender, was acquired in the offseason from Portland. Um, and Will Warm uh, was uh, acquired from Edmonton in the offseason. And, and just recently, Gary Hayden um, acquired from Saskatoon in the trade with, uh, with Saskatoon. Uh, very unusual, um, not the normal way that uh, any club does it, particularly us, um, but just a confluence of, uh, of strangeness uh, has caused us to have uh, four overagers who weren't part of our club to begin with when uh, they came into the Western Hockey League. But we're excited about it. Uh, they're all high-quality guys, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out.
4: And they're obviously aware of the situation, so there's going to be some competition uh, in camp as those, uh, those four guys vie for three spots. Uh, and as uh, it, as someone in your position, the GM, you'd probably like to see that competition.
5: Yeah, sure. I mean, yes and no. Uh, you know, it's always tough when you um, are put in a position where, you you know, you can only keep three overage players, as you know. And um, when they're all high quality players that are, are, are all guys that can be, you know, leadership guys with your team, it's going to be difficult. The, I guess the interesting thing is that it's all positions you know it, mm-hmm. so they're not really competing against each other they're competing against other guys in their own group so um, amongst the defensemen you know Will Warm and uh, and Jamison Murray will be competing with younger guys trying to take their jobs uh, same with Shane Farkas and goal and uh, Gary Hayden up front so um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes and and you know these things often take care of themselves.
4: Well with uh, Igor Martinov moving on as you mentioned you did draft another import player this year uh, in uh, Swiss Ford in Keanu de Rungs. I don't know if I'm butchering that or how badly i'm butchering it but uh tell me about him why you chose him and will he be in camp
5: yes uh he's uh he's an interesting player you know in the past we kind of have a a history of not drafting really young players guys that are going to come in at 17 um, because it's difficult uh, to make the transition into the western hockey league for any 17 year old but when you're moving overseas, different ice size, uh, surface size, it's difficult. Um, but we really thought there was something interesting about Keanu Durungs. He's going to come in as a 17-year-old. He is here now. He arrived yesterday. Uh, uh, we'll announce the signing here later in the week. Um, he's um, he's a guy that I think can develop really well with this uh, younger group that we've got um, of O2 forwards. Um, but at a, at a time when we've got a great wet veteran group, so we've got Uh, Just looking at the depth chart now, I think seven or eight of our guys are either going to be, you know, 19 or 20 um, or 18, 19 and 20 at least. So uh, there's no pressure on him. He can he can, you know, take his time, um, use this first year in the Western Hockey League to get his feet under him without feeling as though uh, he's going to have to perform and and produce. And, um, you know, his talent level is, is very high. Um, he was a, he scored some terrific goals uh, in the summer for Switzerland at the uh, at the U uh, eighteen tournament. Um, so we're excited about him.
4: Was it important that it was a, a forward that you chose uh, in the in the import draft this year? Uh,
5: you know that's a good question. We actually kind of went both ways. Uh, there were some interesting defensemen as well, but um, it's not so much that we we feel we needed a forward as we really don't feel we need defensemen. Okay. Our group of O two and O three defense. Uh, defensemen that are going to be pushing in this year um, are really ready. Um, and so we didn't really need to add to that group. And in fact, we were loath to add to that group just because we have so many signed guys that I think can play in this league um, at that age. And so um, getting a forward, I think, um, was uh, just a better option for us. Um, but really, that wasn't the reason we drafted them. The reason we drafted them was because of how much we liked them. Uh, we did our homework on him, um, got to talking to him and his agent advisors, um, and it just seemed like it was going to be a great fit.
4: All right, well, let's move on to uh, training camp and the, the players you have coming in uh, by position. And you mentioned Shane Farkas as a goaltender. He's got experience in the league. He just played last year with the uh, Portland Winterhawks. You got Brock Gold uh, and yeah. other players uh, coming in trying to uh, uh, knock on that door and force their way onto the roster. What's your goaltending situation look like right now?
5: Yeah, it feels really good. I mean, whenever you look at a board, uh, Guy, as you know, and you see all these different age groups and you're, you get a smile on your face looking at every name, it feels as though you've got a nice pipeline. And, um, you know, Shane Farkas, we know what he is. He's, uh, he was a starter last year in Portland, terrific player, um, great, uh, young man on and off the ice. And I think he's going to be, um, you know, right out of the gate, he's going to make us competitive because, you know, he can win games. Um, Brock Gould is a, is a 01 born, um, goaltender who like a lot of guys around the league has had to wait his turn we had griffin outhouse here uh, for the last three years and because of how spectacular and how good he is um you know he gobbles up a lot of nets he would have played 68 games last year if we'd have let him he loves being in there doesn't like to rest um and so brock Gould had to wait his turn a little bit um but i think he's about ready uh, he's uh, for people that aren't familiar with him he's a, a six foot four uh, big tall guy from colorado Terrific puck stopper um, and is going to get more of a chance this year to, uh, to show what he can do. Um, he's a late 01, so this is his draft year. It'll be interesting to see. And then in the pipeline coming, we have a, a young man named Connor Martin from Calgary uh, who had a terrific year last year in uh, playing midget uh, AAA in, in Calgary in the playoffs. Um, and then an old 03, 16 year old named Keegan Maddox uh, from uh, here in BC who's also a signed player, who's going to try to push in. You know, tough for him. He's got these three guys ahead of him. But uh, um, when it's time for uh, Martin or Maddox uh, to finally put on a Royals jersey, you know, whether it's this year or next, um, they're going to be terrific as well.
4: Speaking with Cam Hope, the uh, general manager of the Victoria Royals here on the Pipeline Show. All right, let's move to the blue line. And uh, you, you do have uh, on the roster, on the WHL's website at least, lots of bodies in camp, guys who uh, are... Uh, trying to get into the mix, at least to, to be on your roster this year. Well, you mentioned Jamison Murray and Will warm as the two uh, overage players that you have in camp, but there's a uh, a long list of other guys uh, trying to make your club. Uh, who are some of the standouts for fans to take note of?
5: Yeah, so it's a really a, a tale of two groups. Uh, there's a group of five and a group of five. Uh, the, the the top five group are guys with Extensive Western Hockey League experience. Jameson Murray, Will Warm, Nolan Jones, that we acquired from Lethbridge, uh, Mitchell Krause, who's been with us since he was 16, and Matthew Smith. All guys with lots and lots of Western Hockey League experience, regular season and playoffs. Um, and then the, the, what I call the young five, uh, Noah Lamb, Remy Aquilon, uh, young Nolan Bentham, who's 16, Caden Reinders, and Carson Golder. Um, those are the guys that are trying to push in this year. Um, you know, they're uh, they're the guys that are coming to camp, you know, with uh, with the bit in their mouth uh, that are going to try and show us what they can do.
4: Well, and, and Nolan Bentham, uh, first round pick uh, in 2018, don't want to put too much pressure on a first round pick to make an impact. But when you have that much veteran presence uh, ahead of them, sort of on the depth chart, uh, how does a guy like that force his way onto the team?
5: yeah that's a great observation um sometimes that helps you know because it means you can bring him in and bring him along slowly and and he's got some great role models um that are you know there that he can play with that you compare him with um you know we've had a we've had a really good history here um you know from joe hicketts to ryan gannon to ralph jarrett of being able to bring guys in at 16 um, make sure they learn the game the right way not push them too hard until they're ready um, but we'll see, you know, when they, when he comes into camp this year, I know he wants to make this team. Um, so we'll see what he can do. Um, but, you know, there are other guys who are going to come in and, and want to be rookies guys that have played a few games in the Western league, you know, like Noah Lamb and Caden Reinders and uh, they want, you know, they want to make this club as well. So uh, it's going to be a competitive camp. Um, as I look at it, there's 10 guys that are pushing for seven spots and we'll see how it goes.
4: All right. Uh, how would you describe that group? Uh, Overall, sort of the characteristics of your defensive core. There's, I mean, there is some size. Actually, most of the guys are at at six foot or above. There are a couple of smaller guys in there as well, but, you know, puck moving and, and skating and, um, the big cannon from the blue line, you got a little bit of mix of everything.
5: Yeah, that's exactly it. I think you're right. It's a, it's a bit, a little bit of a mix of everything. Um, and there's some interesting stories. Um, you know, guys that are trying to get their game back, guys like Will Warm, who, uh, missed a lot of time with injury in the last couple of years, you know, who are finally healthy and, and have one last kick at the junior game and, uh, you know, really want to show something. Um, and guys that have come up through our system and waited their turn, you know, like um, like Matt Smith and uh, and Mitchell Prowse, who, um, you know, they, they're good all-around athletes, great players um, that are just kind of waiting to show what they can do. Um, but, you know, our the, the interesting thing for me and, and for anyone, you know, that's around hockey at the training camp is watching these young players when they come in because they change so much, you know, over the summer. Uh, sometimes the guy that you see in September looks nothing at all like the guy that left you in April. And um, so I'm excited to see how the young guys are as well.
4: That's uh, funny how that works out. So, and speaking of Will Warm, I just wanted to mention uh, last year, Matthew Robertson in Edmonton was, was really good, but he was way better in the second half of the season. And I don't think it was a coincidence that it was when Will Warm got back into the lineup. Uh, for the All Kings and uh, Warm, uh, maybe a, a bit of a motivated guy this year for you as well, looking to get a pro contract and and to uh, get his career back on track.
5: Yeah, I think that's a great observation. I think that's right. Um, you know, he's he's highly motivated. He wants to be a professional hockey player, and he's unfortunately been derailed a little bit with injury. But um, a healthy Will Warm is going to be a, an important part of our blue line.
4: All right, let's look at the forward group. And you mentioned you brought in Gary Hayden from the uh, Saskatoon Blades, who had a really strong year with with the Blades uh, last season and uh, was good with Medicine Hat before that as well. Uh, Who else is going to be uh, the guys that you lean on up front?
5: Yeah. Again, you know, every year you think you peel off your veteran guys and you think, where's all that scoring going to come from? But, (laughs) (laughs) um, but the players get older. um, So, you know, um, I, I think I'd need more than one hand to count uh, the guys that I think are going to have breakout years or big step years. Uh, Kate Oliver led our team in scoring last year, but was unfortunately injured at the end of the year and missed the uh, end of the regular season and all of the playoffs. Uh, but he'll he'll be back and a 19-year-old and he'll obviously be a leader. Carson Miller uh, came in and trade at the uh, deadline last year from uh, Prince Albert. Uh, Karen Pfizer, uh, who is ready to take a big step um and um and i would say probably also philip schultz the uh, uh the player that was uh, our import pick last year from denmark um in the second half of the year he started to emerge as um you know one of the key guys an offensive catalyst uh, and was probably our best forward in the playoffs so um these are all guys that were Either seventeen or eighteen last year, who are going to take a big step this year as nineteen-year-olds, and uh, I think by committee um, we've got a great group.
4: Hard to predict uh, with the young guys coming to camp, but are there two or three guys that you th- are that are you get the sense they're really close and, and uh, might force their way onto the roster?
5: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, uh, the import uh, Keanu Durungs we'll see how he is, how quickly he adapts. Um, we uh, we acquired uh, River Fahey um, in the off season as well. Um, you know, who's been a guy who's played a depth role for a couple of clubs in the, in the Western League, but he's an island kid uh, who's motivated and he's just 18. Um, and the one player that did play a little bit with us last year was Alex uh, Bolshakov, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, most people around the league aren't very familiar with him. He's, uh, he's actually from the uh, Seattle, Washington area, uh, played for the Everett uh, U18 program last year. Um, a very um, interesting forward, terrific shot, um, who played a few games with us last year and is going to get a chance to be a full-timer this year. So um, an interesting group.
4: He's got some size uh, along with that uh, as well. Yep. Every year there's there's guys who uh, played you know third or fourth line or might not have been uh, everyday players uh, for you the previous season that take on a bigger role this year. I know you probably mentioned a couple of those guys, but um, other examples of, of those types of players this year that you think will suddenly take on more responsibility?
5: Yeah, I think there's 3. Uh well maybe 4, but uh, you know, one guy that kind of fits that role even though he's going from 18 to 19 is uh Brandon Cutler. You know, he uh he came in a trade from Red Deer last year and it's 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 not as though he's going to, you know, get a bigger role, um but it took him, you know, during the season last year to start to feel comfortable in a more offensive role and I think that now as a 19-year-old he can do that. Uh, on a much more regular basis has a lot of talent and, uh, has sort of a game changing ability when he, when he gets out there and takes the puck to the net. Um, uh, Sean Golka, uh, also turning 19 this year, uh, big, strong guy, um, who, you know, really is going to have more of a chance this year to play more regularly than he did last year. Um, but the guy I really have my eye on is Ty Yoder. Um, he's, uh, he played here last year as a 16 year old, as you know, guys that, uh, stay all year as a 16 year old or sometimes in sometimes out of the lineup mm-hmm. um not getting you know a lot of special teams time um but a terrifically talented young guy um and this is going to be a year where, he, where i think we're going to see something special from him
4: cam hope gm of the victoria royals my guest here on the pipeline show uh, every team has a list of uh, protected players and and uh, also a part of that list is uh, guys who are committed to the ncaa anybody that you've had conversations with from that list for you and i'm thinking guys like michael benning and Uh, Well, maybe not Luke Bast anymore, but Angus Crookshank, drafted player. Uh, Any of those players uh, express any uh, interest in in, uh, at least coming to camp?
5: Yeah, you know, and, and we have had some of these players come to camp uh, in the past, even after they had you know made commitments to Junior A clubs or in some cases the USHL. Um, you know, I, I think the good thing about it is we have nice relationships with guys like uh, Luke Reed, uh, who's playing in the USHL right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, we, with him and his parents and his advisors, Luke Millimock, who similarly is, um, you know, right now college committed. Um But they're not coming to camp this year, but the lines of communication stay open with those guys. And um, I know that they, like most of these young players and their families and their agents, they they reassess uh, as the seasons go on. They reassess in the off-season. Um, and we'll see how that goes as the year goes on. As of right now, none of those guys that are college committed, um, Michael Banning, you mentioned, uh, Elan Barleweiss, uh, Keandre Miller, who was, is now at college at mm-hmm. Wisconsin, um, are committed to coming to our camp, uh, which is fine. That's all part of it. But we are in touch with them, and, uh,
4: um, and we'll see how it goes. All right, fair enough. Uh, last couple of ones for you. And I guess uh, when you're projecting maybe the hurdles along the way that you have to clear this season, every team, has their own, uh, depending on where they are in that cycle, that uh, cyclical nature of junior hockey.
1: What are those yeah.
4: challenges that you predict uh, or you foresee for the Royals this year?
5: Um, you know, I guess we'll wait and see. <laughs> it seems like a cop out answer, but, um, you know, last year at this time, we were a young club. Uh, the core of our group was 17, 18 years old. You know, we had, you know, our overagers, obviously, but it was a, a group that was going to grow together. Um, this year, there's going to be. Uh, 13 14 15 of those guys who are on our roster that were on the roster last year that are a year older um, and I think that this is one of those years where um, if everything comes together and uh, the guys find their game and they perform to the level that we think they can um, that we could be in one of we could be one of those older teams that is starting to look to be a contender um, you never like to to make a prediction um, but I think we've got uh, a high talent level on this club, and I think we've got a nice mix of players. Um, and the rest, you know, you take a deep breath and, and see how it goes.
4: Just out of curiosity, when you look back at last season in uh, in the BC division, obviously the Vancouver Giants getting to the WHL final, and uh, we're the first place team in the, in the conference. The rest of the BC division, it was it was a growing year. For, I think that's fair to say uh, for the yeah. rest of the division. Uh, there will be some fans who wonder, you know. Why didn't they trade Griffin outhouse? Can you maybe just explain mm-hmm. your philosophy on, on why you keep players like that, even though you know you're not contending necessarily uh, for the championship, why it's important sometimes to keep players like that?
6: Uh, well, you hit
5: the nail on the head. It's important. Uh, the the reason that you would keep a player like that usually comes down to one of two things, or both. Uh, one is um, you can't get enough in return <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you have those trade talks. And believe me, last year at the trade deadline, there were a number of clubs um, who were talking about um, acquiring a goaltender like Griffin Outhouse. So there were lots of those discussions. Um, but, you know, one of the things that weighs on you when you're making those decisions is what is it, what is it really worth for the club uh, to have a player like that and to have the playoff run that you're going to have ahead of you and the experience that that gives the guys that are going to return next year. So, um, you know, when you put all of that in the hopper, there wasn't a deal out there that made any sense for us uh, for Griffin outhouse. There was a deal out there that made sense in terms of Dante Hanoon. Mm -hmm. Um, and that worked out very well for everybody. Obviously he went to PA and then, you know, scored the overtime winner to win the championship. So, um, Prince Albert's glad they got him. Um, but the return that we got for him, which will continue to pay dividends down the road, um, was, uh, essential for us, uh, for going forward for Griffin outhouse. Um, it would have been hard to meet that threshold. He meant so much to this club. He continues to mean a lot to our franchise. Um, And he you know, probably single-handedly got us into the second round last year. He was so good in the first round um, and got us through uh, for the round that we lost against Vancouver. So um, giving all of the players that are coming back this year that two-round experience in the playoffs, um, I think was so, so valuable that um, I'll never regret uh, having Griffin outhouse finish his
4: career here. Uh, and lastly, when you're looking at the the rest of the BC division this year and, and perhaps the Western Conference, what would you consider to be a successful year for the Victoria Royals, Kim?
5: Yeah, well, um, every year you measure it, um, you know, by winning the championship. Um, and honestly, this year is one of those ones, Guy, where I think the BC division is going to be exceptionally strong. I think... We're going to be battle-tested by the end of the regular season because I think Kelowna will, will obviously load up and be good because they are, they're hosting the Mem Cup. Um, Vancouver will be good again. Kamloops will be good again. Um, this is going to be a very, very, very tough division with extremely um, uh, talented, uh, fast, hard teams to play against. So um, I think that uh, you know, we'll measure ourselves against our own division, and I think uh, if we do the right things, we have a good chance of coming out of it.
4: Terrific. Cam, I really appreciate your time and uh, wish you the best of luck this season. Camp opening up uh, later on this week. Uh, thank you for your time.
5: Anytime, Pete. Thank you.
4: Here's Cam Hope, the GM of the Victoria Royals. Let me know what you thought of his comments, especially if you're a, a Royals fan. And What do you think of his, his assessment of not just his team but what the uh, BC Division is going to be like this year? Should be a, a better year for sure for the uh, division as a whole. Vancouver was clearly the best team uh, in the division last year. But I agree with what he said about uh Kamloops is going to be better. You know the Kelowna Rockets are going to be better as they are going to uh, make some additions over the course of the season as uh, hosts of the Memorial Cup. So Victoria's got to keep pace. Uh, now, because there are only five teams in the uh, in the division, you know, you got to be better than uh, at least one team. And I think most people right now would look at the Prince George Cougars and, and think, well, they might be the weak sister uh, in the uh, division as we speak. We'll get to those Prince George Cougars in a little bit. Uh, But up next, it's the Spokane Chiefs and new head coach, Manny Viveros. What does he do back in the WHL the last time he was in the league? Well, heck, he just took the Strip Current Broncos to a Memorial Cup as a WHL champion just two years ago. What does he do for an encore? Let's find out. We'll chat with Manny Viveros, head coach of the Spokane Chiefs, next here on the Pipeline Show.
2: Comes back
6: out to Yamamoto at the point. Goes over to Elinick, right circle. Now Smith at the
5: point. Yamamoto, left side, shoots it,
3: scores! Tyler Yamamoto, he's an offense scores! and the
2: Chiefs win it here in overtime! Hi, this is Kyler Yamamoto for the Spokane Chiefs,
0: and you are listening to the Pipeline Show.
1: Nothing compares to the smile on a child's face after their wish has been granted. The Rainbow Society of Alberta is dedicated to granting wishes throughout the province to children who have been diagnosed with a life-threatening or severe chronic medical illness. And you can help too. View the wishes, refer a child, and donate at rainbowsociety.ab.ca or get involved as a volunteer. Having a wish come true fills a child's heart with hope and happiness. Visit rainbowsociety.ab.ca today
0: you're listening to the pipeline show with Gee flaming
6: you don't scare me i got chunks of guys like you in my stool
4: we are back on the pipeline show with Gee flaming continuing with our team by team whl uh, season previews these are all in the dub segments brought to you by dubnetwork.ca stay up to date on everything happening around the western hockey league by visiting dubnetwork.ca. And my guest uh, in this segment, we're going to chat about the Spokane Chiefs, and that means I get head coach Manny Viveros. And uh, that uh, sounds a little weird to say, head coach Manny Viveros of the Spokane Chiefs, because, boy, we got to know you last year with the Edmonton Oilers, and the year before that with the uh, Swift and Broncos. Third team in three years, Manny. How you fitting in already?
7: Oh, it's fine, Geese. Uh, you know, really excited about it. Uh you know, Spokane is a great city and a great uh, organization. And I uh, know I'm really excited to have the opportunity, to, uh, um, you know, to come back to the Western Hockey League, first of all, and also to a great organization.
4: One of those places in the world I haven't been to that I really want to get to. I, I, growing up in Alberta, all our TV came from Spokane. So it almost feels like we, uh, at least for me, that uh, I'm familiar with the city, but have never been. Uh, oh, all right, let's uh, get to uh the uh, the roster that you have coming to camp and maybe we'll start with uh, the players who aren't back from last year's team and of course every team loses the overage guys from last year and for Spokane that's Nolan Reed on the back end uh Luke Smith and Riley Woods up front uh I know Manny, you weren't obviously with, in the league let alone with the Chiefs last year but uh, who else from last year's roster is not returning that you're aware of
7: well outside of the 20 year olds uh you know and also Bailey Burke and uh he was a nineteen year old last year, uh won't return this year. Um, but every one of those guys are uh you know, from what I've uh game film I've watched and talking to uh uh Dan Lambert and Scott uh Carter here uh um, over here last year that uh you know those guys are they're, they're tough to replace. There's no question about it. They're quality uh, uh players and uh quality individuals and uh um those are never easy to replace but we're we're hoping and, and very not hoping we're confident that our our twenties uh this year for us uh we're going to be able to step up and, and you know take that leadership role that uh, that we had lost from last year and the uh, uh, the 20s that we have with us in, in our camp right now are uh of exactly that quality uh, individuals and really good hockey players and they're uh, uh we have four of them right now uh, obviously we're going to have to make a real tough decision uh, as camp goes along here about which one, which ones we're going to which one we're going to keep um but uh, you know it's uh out of the three of the, Out of the four of them uh, They're all great hockey players So we're, we're going to be In a real good position
4: Can you tell me Who the 420 20-year-olds In camp are right now?
7: We have uh, Noah King A defenseman Yep um, I had Noah In, in uh, Swift Current. He was part of the Uh uh, Western League Championship team, which I know him, um, and he came here and played very, very well for him, uh, the hockey team last year too, and, uh, did really well for them also too. Uh, Ethan McIndo is another, uh, player. Uh, Ethan just coming off surgery, so he's not going to be ready for the uh, beginning of camp here. So we're hoping, you know, mid-October he'll be ready or, or beginning November ready to go, uh, and play actual games here, so that will give us some time to to make a decision on one of them Um, but he's a type of player that uh, energy player skates really well and adds a lot of grit uh, to the hockey team. Um, Our other 20 year old is uh, Jake McGrew, uh, San Jose draft pick. Um, This is actually Jake's really only his third year in the league because he was injured at a young age in the Western Hockey League but uh, San Jose liked him and his potential uh they signed him right away uh even after drafts him after a year where he missed the whole year but this kid can really skate and and, and really score so that's certainly going to uh help our hockey team out as much as possible and the other guy we have is uh Philip Crawl he's a uh, an import player um he's a Toronto draft pick and uh and from what I've seen and what I hear, he's a quite a dynamic player also on the back end. Uh, he's uh, almost uh, kind of a Ty Smith mold. Uh, he can run a power play, moves the puck, and skates very well here. So um, he's going to be coming back. And from all accounts, uh, we understand Toronto wants him back with us this year also, too. So, uh, you know, potentially, like I said, we have we have four guys that are uh, going to compete for, for our 20-year-old positions. And every one of them uh, will be a contributing factor to our hockey team.
4: No chance the LA Kings are going to do you a favor and send Jared Anderson Dolan back, eh?
7: No, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen here. <laughs> you know, in perfect world, we'd love that to happen. But from all accounts, uh, I think they're pretty set on him playing in the American Hockey League next year or the National Hockey League.
4: All right, uh, that makes a lot of sense to me as well. Uh, all right, well, let's talk about the the import situation. You, you mentioned Philip Crawley. You also have a, a new uh, import this year, a, a, a goaltender. What can you tell me about him?
7: Well, uh, we're really excited about him. Uh, I don't know very much about him. I've just seen a little bit about him, but he is a third-round draft pick from LA Kings. And, uh, uh, you know, having that uh, friendship and relationship with Todd McClellan and, and Trent Yanni, they both saw him at the development camp, and they called me uh, during the development camp and told me how excited they are about this guy. They've seen this guy, this kid play, his personality, and very well-spoken English, and uh, we're really excited. Tall goaltender. I think believes around six six three. Uh, I met him for the first time yesterday. He looks in incredible shape, and uh, we're excited uh, to see him live here. But uh, I know LA is very high on him, and so are we
4: now. Uh, how many goaltenders do you actually have coming to camp?
7: We have uh, right now. We have seven goaltenders that are being camped with us.
4: Okay, and that includes Reese Clausen, correct? That's correct. All right, so there's a he's also an overage player, wouldn't he? Be?
7: That's correct, and then I apologize for getting uh, for uh, forgetting to talk about him also too. Mm-hmm. Just uh, just looking at it, but also you know, Reese was a you know a fine goaltender for this club last year also too, uh, and again you know now uh, we have to make make some decisions. Uh, there are going to be tough decisions coming up.
4: Well, in an interesting uh, situation for Claussen because he's he's never been he's never had that starter role in the WHL yet. He's played in the league for. Three seasons, I believe now. Very similar to what you may have seen here in Edmonton last year with the Oil Kings and Dylan Miskew, who had never been a starter and really took the ball and ran with it uh, last year. It seems like uh, at this age level, at, at the WHL level, a, a guy like that could really just kind of break out uh, in his 20 year old season. Is that something that you could maybe foresee from a guy like Reese Clausen?
7: Certainly. Uh, again, that's what, uh, you know, you described just you, dis- you described that, you described that per- perfectly. Um, as far as, uh, you know, what happens here in the Western Hockey League is one, uh, kid could have a year where he doesn't play a whole lot and that next year is a breakout season for him. It doesn't matter what position it is. Uh, one example you could use is a forward position last year in Prince Albert, Brett Leeson, mm. uh, how he took off and, and it was so dynamic for the league and, and also Prince Albert Raiders. And we're hoping that, uh, you know, uh, you know, a kid like resource or, or other kids in our our team are able to do that and uh, have a real break all year and step up and and my experience is that does happen. I saw that with Kerr with a number of players. Uh, uh, one year makes a, a tremendous amount of difference in their development at this age
4: level. I, I want to ask you about a number of players. I don't know how familiar you are with your team yet. Uh, I, I mean, you were announced as the the head coach what uh, just about a month ago, something like that. So has there just been a lot of cramming? Or are you getting to know guys now as uh, as as campus started?
7: Well, I've reached out to everybody before I, I got to Spokane and I had a chance to talk to them. And I also had a chance to see these guys skate um, a couple of times unofficial practices that they had here, just player skates mm. and uh, uh, the veteran players. And I was really impressed uh, with the speed of our hockey team mm. Um is even in practice, and also the, uh, some of the size of the players, also too. So that's very, very encouraging. Uh, from what I hear from not only from our, our team, but from other uh, teams in the league, they say we have a real fast hockey team, and that's something that's uh, really encouraging here. So, but still trying to, you know, not just uh, our veteran players, but trying to get to know uh, some of, uh, you know, our prospects. Uh, we're going to open up officially camp today, so mm. it's an opportunity to have a a chance to meet everybody. And I, I, for me, I can't wait just to get on the ice with them. And that's when I can really have an opportunity to evaluate.
4: All right. Let's look at the, uh, the blue line players coming in uh, as we're speaking with the uh, Spokane Chiefs head coach, Manny Viveros. Um, now again, uh, when a team can bring back uh, a number of players from the previous season, especially on the blue line, I think that's such a blessing. Uh, and you have a number of players returning from last year's roster. Um, uh, just how, how key is that from you for, for you in your opinion? Uh, looking back at it uh, with your experiences in the league, to be able to return a number of blue liners like that.
7: Well, certainly, I think uh, you know we have potentially uh, to have uh, a very, very deep blue line, and, and also with the, the the possibility of getting Ty Smith back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just you know, that's a, an opportunity that to go from having a very, very good. Uh, uh, deep blue line to an excellent uh, uh, defensive uh, blue line and that's something that uh, you know that'll take care of itself uh, you know we, we don't expect him back but if he does come back that's certainly going to help our hockey team and uh, in my experience you know you have a young team that uh, went very deep in the playoffs last year and that's something that you know we want to build on and uh, when you have so many returning players like that it's uh, I think it's going to be really encouraging.
4: Well, and I'm glad you mentioned Ty Smith and, and your expectations or how you're moving forward and, and planning as if he's not coming back. And that's that was going to be my next question. There there always seems to be maybe one guy in the WHL that you, you can make the argument if he had the rule where a 19-year-old, you could have an exception or something like that, that he plays in the American Hockey League. Last year, I would suggest Cody Glass was that guy. This year, it might be Ty Smith where – he might be uh, done in the WHL and not quite ready for the NHL, and you leave it up to the NHL team to decide what's best. But, uh, boy, if you could get him back, that's that's such a big difference maker. But moving forward, you go as if he's not coming back. Is that basically uh, the way you look at it?
7: Certainly, you know, we know if we get him back, that's something that's, uh, you know, like, like I said before, we're, we're certainly uh, excited to have him back. But uh, you, you, with the player of ties, uh, skill level, and his hockey IQ. Um, you know, you, you're not going to be surprised if he makes the National Hockey League. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. You know, the only
7: uh, deterrent that you think that, you know, where we think that he could come back is that uh, uh, my year last year with Edmonton Oilers and seeing and also playing, being the Western Hockey League two previous years is um this is a really good league, the Western Hockey league, there's no question about it, but once you get to that National Hockey League level, it, it's a little bit different uh, just because of maturity, uh, you know, physical maturity from the players and, mm-hmm. and how difficult it is as far as a grind of a season it is at the National Hockey League. And sometimes, uh, uh, you know, a player to have another year to grow and have that uh, amount of minutes that they're going to get in a lower level like the Western Hockey League is certainly will help them in the long run. And, uh um, Again, like I said about uh, Ty, says nothing surprises me uh, as far as uh, this kid is that good, and uh, he's going to be in National Hockey for many, many years to come, and uh, uh, maybe this year or maybe the year after that, like, but he's going to be there for sure.
4: All right. Uh, looking at the rest of the blue line, assuming Ty doesn't come back, and Nolan Reid obviously gone from last year's uh, blue line core, who becomes the uh, the, the leadership group amongst your uh, defensemen?
7: Well, you know, we have a certain lot of returning players, you know, guys like Bobby Russell, Noah King um Matt Leduc guys have been here for a couple of years now. So they know how, uh, you know, so to speak the the Chiefs way of playing and uh they've certainly developed and you can see and in what I've heard from everybody in the organization, these guys have all improved from year to year. So that for me is really exciting. And it, and it's also an exciting part for them too, is to, to take that leadership role that, you know, when they're a little bit younger they're kind of just, you know, watching how the other players did things on and off the ice here. And now they're uh you know, they're the ones that are going to lead in starting a training camp. They're the ones that are going to help guide and mentor also some of the young prospects. And, uh, they're great kids. And that's something that we're, uh, you know, very fortunate to have.
4: Now, you mentioned Noah King and the, the way that you had him in, in Swift Current. You know, when I ask a player about a trade or something, he, uh, how he fits into the new room, if there's any familiar faces, and they always, if that's the case, they always say, yeah, it really helped the, the transition. Can it work that way with a coach as well? I mean, you're the new kid in town, but you have a familiar face in the dressing room. Will that past relationship with Noah kind of help things along?
7: Oh, certainly. I think they're. I think they're already asking him uh, numerous times of uh, how I am, or how my practice is, or what, what type of coach I am and uh it certainly makes that transition a little bit easier um even just as far as you know picking up sense of humor does a coach have a sense of humor or not or or how he is in different situations and that, that's always good to have and uh you know i had Noah for two years in swift current so uh we got to know each other and he's a you know like i said a fine young man and uh a real good hockey player
4: all right manny let's look at your forward group and uh we mentioned the, the guys who aren't back in luke smith and riley woods and you mentioned uh uh, was it Jake or Ethan that's uh, on the shelf to start the year?
7: Um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be Ethan Macdonald is going to be on the shelf. Right, he had, uh, he had surgery in the off season, so he's going to be out still. He's right now training full and, and skating, but he's still not been cleared for full contact in practices or games here. So that's something we're going to still take our time. Mitch is 100 percent ready before he gets back into full contact practices. Um, but uh, up front, and like I talked earlier before about our team speed, uh, you can do this is really evident. Just watching on game clips from last year. just watching the practice, we've got some guys that can really skate and some guys uh, some high end skill also up front, which is uh, you know certainly uh, uh, makes our job as coaches a lot easier.
4: Well, and there's always guys who were you know third or fourth liners last season who with players graduating and aging out of the league they they'll take on bigger roles and have more responsibility this year. Uh, I know you weren't around the Chiefs last season, but uh, who are some of those guys that you're thinking could be ready for, you know, a, a promotion, if uh, for lack of a better term?
7: Well, you certainly look at it, guys that, like you said you played third or fourth line roles last year. Guys like uh, Cordell Larson, uh, you're hoping that could make that next step up into a t- top six role. Uh, you know, 19 year old Michael King um, and other players skate very well in, in physical. You're hoping that you need to make that next step. Um, then you have your guys. Uh, <laughs> you know, that have been around before. A guy like uh, uh, Jack Finley, uh, you know, played last year as a 16-year-old and a uh, really impressive organization where they were able to play him last year in the playoffs in very key situations mm-hmm. as a 16-year-old, which is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough league and it's a really good league for a 16-year-old to come in and step up and play uh, the minutes that he did it in key situations, a credit to himself. Uh, other kids like Connor Gabbrook, uh, you know, Big lanky forward that skates really well. Uh, Luke Toporowski, highly skilled. Uh, there's a number of kids that uh, you know. Not just that we're having a top six role, but we're pretty confident that we could have. Uh, you know, we're pretty confident that we could have not. You know, have three, three, four solid lines that all could contribute offensively, and that's something that uh, is uh, you know very, very encouraging.
4: And in the case of Luke Toporovsky, a guy who didn't get drafted last year, I would expect there's some extra motivation uh, from a guy like that this year. Might might be coming in with a somewhat of a chip on his shoulder. And as a coach, I'm sure you like that.
7: I, I certainly, uh, you know, unfortunately he didn't get drafted. But again, um, it's certainly not the end of the world or an end of his career. I had a similar situation this with Kurt where we had a, a young player named uh, Tyler Steenbergen. Mm-hmm. Uh, same, same situation. He was... Uh, not drafted and he certainly came back, uh, like you said, uh, with a chip on the shoulder to prove everybody wrong again. And Tyler was outstanding after that and had a great junior career and again, drafted by Phoenix and he's playing in American Hockey League and Luke has that potential. Um, you know, he's, uh, he, he skates, skates well, uh, good hockey mind and can score a goal so we're really hoping that he's going to make that step and uh, uh maybe remind him along the way also too is that you know this is an opportunity to prove a lot of people wrong and and uh, you know a lot of guys have gone out to have great NHL careers even though they haven't been drafted
4: now the Chiefs uh, didn't come through the Central Division last year it was the uh the year where the uh, Central went down uh, to the States so I didn't get to see the the Chiefs firsthand which means I didn't get to watch uh, Adam Beckman uh, with my own eyes, and this is a guy who came into the league last year as a a rookie and had 32 goal season. Ended up getting drafted because of it. What what's a fair expectation for a guy like that? What does he do for an encore this year? I mean, c- you should be able to rely pretty heavily on him for his offensive uh, contribution. He legitimately, could be your leading scorer.
7: Yeah, I'm really excited about Adam. To uh, you know, just watching him in. in uh couple skates that the the team has had or the players went out together uh, just watching his skill level and here's a kid that really loves to score and you can see that around the net, he's uh, really dynamic here. Um, you know, here's, here's an, you know, a kid that was drafted in the fifth round from the Spokane Chiefs. And at that time, he was, uh, I believe, at five, five when he got drafted. Now he's over six feet and he's starting to grow and mature. And that's obviously why uh, NHL uh, took notice on this kid in the uh, outstanding season last year. And we're looking for him, uh, to continue to, uh, improve, uh, you know, offensively, but more importantly, um, like all these kids, that we want these kids to be able to play a 200-foot game, and that's the biggest difference going forward uh, from the Western Hockey, League, the American Hockey, League, or National Hockey League, is that uh, uh, these kids are able to play a complete hockey game and gives them an opportunity to, you know, excel at the next level.
4: Manny, I know you're still getting uh, to know the the players in the franchise in the organization, uh, but anybody uh, that's coming to camp, whether they're an invite or a drafted player, the young guys, the 16-year-olds who are knocking on the door and. Maybe just names that you have sort of circled with interest on on your own list?
7: Well, there's one here that that everybody was telling me about when I first got here, about a young kid from the the area, from the Coeur d'Alene area. His name is Bear Hughes. Uh, Bear is just, uh, assigned, uh, from the, as a free agent from the Spokane Chiefs here, and he is going into his 18 year old year this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, here's a kid that kind of never played really any, uh, high level hockey before, but he has outstanding offensive skills, and for a guy that's never played a lot of, uh, you know, high level hockey. Um, he's really smart and he played a couple of games last year at the end of the year for, for Spokane and Dan Lambert was really excited about him and, and as well as the scouting staff here and Scott Carter. Uh, I had a chance to see him and meet him and watch him on the ice, and I can't wait to see this kid uh, uh, more in training camp and also in games here. He could be a sleeper where, where, you know, nobody knows about this kid, but there's possibly, uh, you know, NHL teams will take notice uh, just from what I've seen so far and what everybody's telling me here like that. He's a real
4: sleeper. All right, we'll watch for him. Manny, just two more questions for you. Uh, One will be what you expect to be the biggest challenge. For the, the the Chiefs this season, is it just the the time that might be required to to get coach and team on the same page, or do you work that all out uh, through training camp and preseason so that uh, on opening night you you guys are ready to go?
7: Well, that's normal. That's going to happen, just like anything in in junior hockey. You're going to have guys that are be gone to camps. We're going to, I believe, we have eight guys that are attending NHL camps this year. So Mm. that time while they're gone, um, you know, obviously there's going to be eight regulars on our hockey team that are gone here with a new staff, a complete new coaching staff coming in. So we're going to have less time than the other teams as far as getting everybody prepared, but. we're, you know, I'm not too worried about it at all, but it's, it'll be nice when we have everybody back and we can start working, uh, you know, on the things that's going to be our team identity or, or what we're known for. But, uh, um, it, it's not going to be difficult, but you certainly would love to have everybody here from, from the get-go. But, uh, uh that's a positive too when you have seven or eight kids that are going to NHL camps.
4: When you look around the rest of the U.S. division and maybe the Western Conference in, in as a whole, what would you consider to be a successful season this year for the Chiefs? Is it, make the playoffs and go from there? Or where do you kind of set the bar for uh, what you want to achieve?
7: Well, you know what? Um, I, I'm still a firm believer of uh, you know putting expectations, not unrealistic expectations, on teams. But um, I feel for what I and what I hear and what I've seen so far is that we have a real legit chance of uh, you know going deep in the playoffs again next year. And uh, I certainly have no problem putting that expectations on the team because I think these kids are ready for that. And and the majority of that core group was here last year also too, and uh, they went deep, but they also you know they ended up uh, losing to Vancouver, and you know that's something that they've had that taste. And I've, I had that also in Swift Kirk. our first year. We exceeded expectations and had a pretty decent year. But that year that even though we lost uh, helped us in the following year and to realize how difficult it is to win, um, especially in the Western Hockey League playoffs because it is a grind. And that experience is going to be invaluable for us. And I think uh, we have really good opportunities to build on it this year. And, and uh, hopefully we can.
4: Manny, before I let you go, I should ask you uh, to reflect on your uh, season with the Edmonton Oilers. And I know after the championship with uh, with Swift Current and uh, you, you went to the Oilers, I don't imagine you expected it was going to be for just a single season. Uh, unfortunate the way uh, the business side of things uh, work out. But uh, what do you take from that experience and, and uh, moving forward? Do you want to get back to the NHL again?
7: Yeah, and obviously that's where everybody wants it to be. You want to get back to the National Hockey League, and uh, my my experience and everything was nothing but positive. You know, it was a year of you could say uh, a year of turmoil, uh, so to speak, with uh, you know different coachings mm-hmm. staff and and general manager being let go of that. But uh, you know my opportunities to work with guys like Connor McDavid, Leon Drysight, and, and everybody uh, through the organization, it was really a real treat, and I learned a lot. And uh, you know it's unfortunate uh, the way things ended up with uh, with the team last year um you know hopefully they can get, turn it around uh, this year but my situation was too is that you uh, well, if I was going to come back with the Oilers this year I wanted to do more than I was doing last year and, and uh i'm I'm very happy where I am right now and uh, have an opportunity to to be you know obviously to coach and be involved more and uh but uh you know if, Again, it's something you never look at any experience uh, as a negative. You always look at it as a learning experience. And I certainly had an opportunity to work with some quality people in that organization, uh, including coaching staffs and learn a lot.
4: Manny, I really appreciate your time. Uh, good luck uh, this season with the Spokane Chiefs. And uh, the Chiefs will be rolling through Edmonton this year. So we'll catch up when you get through.
7: Keith, okay, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure.
4: There you go. The Spokane Chiefs, uh, through the eyes of head coach Manny Viveros, who Obviously, wasn't expecting to be back in the WHL uh, this season, uh, but we'll see what he does with uh, the team that uh, Danny Lambert has coached for the last couple of years and had them going in the right direction for sure. Viveros a very good coach. I imagine it will be more the same, and you have to think the Spokane Chiefs is going to be one of the top teams, I would I would expect, at least, in the U.S. division. And uh, thankful that this is uh, the year, every second year, the U.S. division comes to Alberta that's this season, so looking forward to seeing uh, all five of those uh, U.S. division clubs. Quick shout-out to Graydon, Rick, Colin, Brent, Jeff, and Kevin, who uh, have all signed up to be patrons just this week at patreon.com slash thepipelineshow. Lots of patrons, actually, in the last uh, six weeks or so through the summer as uh, people are still interested in in, uh, prospect hockey, which is great. With all these interviews uh, that you're hearing on the show today, they've all been available for three or four days at the uh, Patreon page, patreon.com slash thepipelineshow, and uh, patrons get early access to uh, all of these interviews. So thanks to everybody who has signed up to be a patron, and if you haven't but you'd like to, that's the link to go to patreon.com slash thepipelineshow. Up next, I mentioned the Prince George Cougars with uh, General Manager and Head Coach Mark Lamb. Well, that's next. Here on the Pipeline Show. Tigers can't clear. Balamaki again. He'll go cross ice. Sandu, spin, shot, save, rebound,
3: scored. Balamaki makes it a 5-3 game.
2: Hey, it's you, Savai from the Tri-State Americans, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show.
1: There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time.
4: We are back on the Pipeline Show. This is key Flaming, and uh, we're going to continue on with our WHL team-by-team previews this time. This segment, it's the Prince George Cougars, and that means uh, I get both the GM and the head coach because it's the same guy. Mark Lamb, welcome back to the Pipeline Show. Mark, how are you? I'm doing really good. Well, I appreciate you making the time here in the off season. I know at camp and everything is uh, starting up here right away. I-, I wonder what the mood is like around the organization uh, as camp gets started here.
6: Well, I, I think the the mood has been has been really good. It's a it's it's certainly different uh, from last year. We've made uh, you know quite a bit of quite a few changes in the organization. So when you when you when you have change, it uh, it it changes the mood. Um, you know everyone's pretty pretty excited to get going. We're gonna we're gonna get going today. Uh, bringing our our younger guys in for a little orientation and uh, and set the tone.
4: All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll talk about the camp and the players coming, but first, let's look back at last year's squad and uh, the team, uh, the players on the team who aren't coming back and uh, the overage players. The Cougars lose are uh, Mike McClain, Josh Curtis, uh, as well as uh, Joel Acosta. Uh, anyone else from last year's uh, roster, Mark, that uh, fans should not expect to see this year?
6: Um, yeah, those guys. Um, you know, obviously, those guys that was the last year. But uh, mm-hmm. Vlad McCallchuk, who's uh uh, European on our team, he signed a uh, uh, deal over in the KHL. Uh, he was our leading scorer last year, so it's a big, uh, big hole to fill. A uh, real good player that uh, you know would have been a an overage for us this year, but uh, you know, which is good for him. He, he's going there. He's uh, signed a pro contract, uh, over in Europe, and we wish them the best.
4: Uh, no one else, though? So you still have four 20 year olds uh, coming to camp this year?
6: Yeah, we'll have, uh, you know, Mays or Schottler, Crossley, McPhee. They'll be, uh, fighting it out for the, um, you know, the 20 year old, uh, position. We really like, uh, you know, what we have brought back, and obviously we can only have three guys, so we're gonna have to make a decision there
4: and three of those guys are on the blue line. So a healthy competition for that one spot. I know we'll talk about the defenseman uh, in a minute, uh, but as a, as a coach, as a GM, you like to see that internal competition in camp uh, when it comes to uh, trying to settle the 20 year old situation, let them kind of settle it for you uh, with their performance.
6: Yeah. Um, you know, we, we know these guys, you know, pretty well. I, you know, it, uh, I've only been here one year, so you, you get to know these guys or their quality, individuals, quality people and really good hockey players and internal competition uh, within your hockey club with with all age groups, not just uh, the overage age group. uh, And actually, it's a little bit bigger than that, too. You have your internal competition as your 20 year olds. But um, the 20 year old situation around the league, there's a lot of them uh, and you can only have three. So you just don't look at your team. Uh, obviously, you look at your team, but in, in, in a broader and a bigger picture, you look around the league to see if uh, some of these other 20-year-olds that fall off uh, that don't uh, stick on teams, if they can help you.
4: Let's look at the import situation. And uh, you mentioned that uh, Vlad Mikalchuk not coming back, is signing in the KHL. Uh, is Matty Tolman uh, returning this year?
6: Yes, uh, Matty's re- returning. We're looking forward to seeing him uh, you know, um, you know he had a, he had a, he had a good year. It's a you know it's a transition year for these guys coming over, and it's everything's new. So mm-hmm. we expect him to be a, a lot better. As we expect every player to be better as they get older. It doesn't matter if you're European or a first year guy, second year guy. We expect improvement mm-hmm. and, and development. Uh, so we're happy to have him back. And then we we drafted another uh, um, Czech player, Philip uh, Kofler, who. Actually, him and Tolman have played together before, so they're familiar with each other, which uh, should make it a lot more comfortable for Kofa coming over and having Tolman around.
4: And it's a, it's another forward as well. Was that by design? Did you decide going into the draft that uh, we need to take a a guy up front uh, rather than a defenseman, or is that just the way it worked out?
6: No, yeah, no. When we're um, you know the import drafts a, a lot tougher things, so you can't really you know if you can. If you can go by position, that's 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 really good. You know, we had a few people that we were targeting um, in the draft, uh, and it didn't matter what position they were, just if they were there and we thought they could help us, that's how we pick.
4: All right, Mark Lamb, the GM, head coach of the Prince George Cougars, my guest here on the Pipeline Show. Let's uh, look at the uh, roster battles that uh, you'll be uh, going through over the next couple of weeks, two three weeks uh, through camp and preseason, and uh, let's start in net and. Uh, Taylor Goche, uh one of the top young goaltenders in the WHL. Unfortunate for him, he didn't get drafted uh last June, but um maybe that provides a little extra motivation and and he'll come in camp uh extra fired up, which is bad news for twenty one other teams in the league. He's a pretty good goaltender at this level.
6: Yeah, he he, he certainly is, and um you know the draft is 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 a disappointment. He's a fairly a real highly touted uh goaltender he's he's got a lot of status and he didn't end up getting drafted uh um you know he he's obviously he's good enough to get drafted but he you know Boston stepped up right away they brought him to their development camp he's going to go to their their main camp so when you when you look at when you look at all the scenarios of kids that don't get drafted there it, it's hard to tell them that, but it's, it really doesn't matter. It's how they deal with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, T- Taylor is dealing with it the, the right way. Uh, he's very motivated. He's, he, he's a good goaltender. Uh, a little adversity never hurts anybody if you deal with it the right way, and that's what he's dealing with right now. And um, We think that he's one of the top goaltenders in the league, which he is, and looking forward to this season.
4: Really like that, the way you explain that. You get drafted, it means one thing. If you don't get drafted, it means another. But for both, in both situations, the work doesn't stop. I mean, a player gets drafted. It's not like you can just quit working uh, or you're not going to get signed and you'll be in the same boat anyway.
6: Yeah, and everybody has a different path. Uh, the goaltender position, you know, there's only a certain amount of them. Um, but, you know, it's hard to explain that to, to a kid because a draft is, is so special um but it's 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 all about the end game like where are they going to be in in a few years from now like are you now you got to you know you know 30 some teams that uh, you know can sign you can draft you again you have a good year Mm -hmm. it's it it, you know your future is 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 still just beginning um you know and i and i tell all our players that because it's true It, it really is you see guys you know they go through the draft all the time, and sometimes they end up being, you know, you, you, they sign big free agent contracts, and and that's what you got to look at. There's a lot of positives with with Taylor's game, um, as uh, a lot of our other players that uh, that went through the draft. It's it's what you do with the the adversity and how you deal with it, and and it should make you better.
4: All right. Well, there'll be other goaltenders in camp to to help push Taylor uh, to be his best, and Isaiah Deloria. Was on the team last year, and uh, he's a veteran player now uh, with your club uh, in terms of years. Anyway, as a 2000 born player, and then there's Tyler Brennan, who was a first round pick of the Cougars uh, in 2018. So there's there's some talent there uh, as well. Uh, anybody else that uh, we should take note of uh, with goaltenders coming to camp?
6: Well, those are the three three main guys we got. Uh, we we got a Herman kid coming from Swift Current, and we we got a, we got a few other. Uh, uh, goaltenders that are, that are coming and, and mostly it's evaluation, uh, to see where they're at, uh, see where they could uh, be in the future. But, um, in that position, we are, we are pretty, we have a lot of depth there. Mm-hmm. Um, Brennan's a very highly touted, uh, goaltender. He's a big, big goalie that's going to push for a spot. Delora's been here a couple of years. We expect him to, to really have a good training camp. And, you know, we talk about the internal competition of the overages. Um, now we got internal competition with the goaltenders, which 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 should make us a lot better.
4: All right, Mark. Let's uh, look at the blue line situation uh, for the Cougars uh, coming into this season. And uh, when you can return a number of players uh, as you have the ability to do, uh, that's a good problem to have. But again, the twenty year old situation uh, comes into play. So, uh, what's your mindset when you look at the blue line group uh, coming into camp? well we we're
6: we're excited about uh uh the the players we have coming back you know Moberg got drafted by chicago he an offensive player reinhardt uh he's a really um really talented high rated uh player that she, you know should uh this is a big year for him it's his draft year he he can do a lot of things that uh you know a lot of other players can't do so we're looking really looking forward to him this year you know we got uh, shotler who's a, an overage he had a great year last year crossley's one of the guys at the end of the year we moved him up to forward and we had, he had a lot of success up there so his versatility is something that uh you know we can look at uh of having an overage that can fill in holes on the blue line and and play forward so that's that's a big advantage in junior hockey too you know jack sander he's a 2000 that's coming back and then we got some some young guys that are really pushing uh you know, we got uh Bordas, we got uh, um um McGrath who's who's from here. Um, you know, we got a we got a lot of guys, uh, uh Samson who's uh, an old three that had a great year last year that's gonna push for a spot. And we picked up uh, we picked up a Kennedy uh kid uh, from the Ontario League that moved. Um and he was uh he was a draft pick. I think it was a fourth round. Uh, draft pick in the Ontario League. That's an O one D that's going to come, and we don't know a lot about him. But um, he's a fourth round draft pick in, in Saginaw that moved. His family moved into this area, so we got him on waivers coming. So we're looking forward to seeing him also.
4: Well, that's interesting. That doesn't happen all that often. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye out uh, for him. Uh, now, when we move to the forward group, and we talked about this, some of the players who who aren't coming back, and that provides opportunity. For guys who are maybe further down the depth chart last year to take on bigger roles, who immediately comes to mind when I say that that you're you're going to be leaning on more this year than you did last year?
6: Well, you you know, our, we're going to rely on a lot of them. Like, um, you know, we got Leopard, Kalina, Purple. Like Brown was hurt at the end of the year. It was a really, you know, really skilled player, Tyson Upper, who was his first year in the league. But he's got got a lot of potential. Um, so that there's a whole mix of guys, the internal competition at forward, there's some veteran guys that are a little bit different type players. And then we got, you know, we got our O3 draft picks, Craig Armstrong, who's going to be a real good player in this league. And we expect some really good things out of him, even though he's young, he's 16 years old, you got to be careful um with six year olds and putting too much pressure on him and, and he's a he's a player that uh, we think is going to have a really good career and be a leader for this team in the future. Um, so we got a lot of uh, we got a, a lot of exciting players that are coming in. Um, and there's a lot of unknowns every every year. Um, you look at your list, you look at your players. But the, the unknown part is um, and this is this is just how I feel is you really don't know um, how these kids are summer, and you talk to them and stuff like that. And some kids really, some are good and work out and dedicate themselves. And some others go, go back the other way. So sometimes when you think this player, you got a penciled grade right in, you might not have put the work in that this other, and the other player goes by him. And, you know, from a coach manager, uh, you like that scenario. You like players going by other players. Um, but you like everybody putting the work in and and, and coming to, to camp and and done the work uh, so they don't have to be left behind.
4: And some of it is just natural physical maturation of, of players and how much a guy can change. I mean, somebody you just saw in April and uh, compared to what he's going to look like here uh, when you see him this week could be night and day. I I go back. Adam Lowry was that guy that's uh, kind of poster child for that for me. I think he was drafted at five ten ends the league or leaves the league I, at 6'5". At I mean, that's just... Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I was going to mention them to you.
6: And actually, I had two of those guys in Swift Current, and uh, Jake Brusk was yep. another one. All of a sudden, he's barely five feet, and then all of a sudden he... You know, Adam Lowry, I've never, never seen anybody grow that much in a summer. <laughs> like, he leaves, and then he comes back, and you're like, holy man, this guy's a mountain. And, uh, you know, we always called little Jake DeBrusque, but, and little Jake DeBrusque wasn't little Jake DeBrusque anymore. <laughs> I mean, he grew. So you really don't know how these guys summer until you see him.
4: That's, uh, I mean, really unpredictable. When it comes to scouting and drafting at that, uh, you know, and the, when you're going for the Bantam draft, that's almost to some extent impossible to predict. I mean, you can look at older brothers and, and, and their parents and stuff yeah. like that, but it's still a bit of a a wild card, isn't it?
6: It, 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 it is it, it really is and um you know he, he, because i knew louie and and stuff when we were thinking about like you go and watch some of these little guys play and they're exceptional players and
7: mm-hmm.
6: and then you're going okay what's their growth pattern going to be like it's always it's always funny uh, when you're when you're going out and you're scouting you're scouting these players but you're doing more than scouting the players. You're looking at the mom. You're looking at the dad. You're looking at the grandparents. You're looking at how big their feet are. Are they going to grow? Like, there's all these different projections that you got to take into account when you're scouting these young players. Oh, that's funny. Yeah.
4: Um, all right. Well, anybody, anybody come into camp that uh, might be sort of an unheralded camp invite or a, a draft pick, a, you know, a fifth-round kind of guy that uh, might not be uh, on everybody's radar yet, but uh, you might have a short list that you're kind of curious to see how this guy performs.
6: Well, I, I'm curious ab- about them all. I'm very, I'm very, I'm, I'm kind of. I, I don't like mentioning too many names because sometimes they hear it and I'll forget somebody. Sure. But all the all the camp invites that that, that we do invite, we we invite them for a reason, and it's to take a look at them and uh, and it's opportunity. Whether it's this year, if you're of age, or you're you're a young guy to to come into camp and, and impress to get listed, or you're a guy of age that can make the team. Like, uh, when I, when I, I just talked about Tyson Upper last mm-hmm. year, like we, we seen him and, and, you know, we listed him, he, he coming into camp and he knocked our socks off and, and, train, in training camp and made the team and was, you know, a real good player for us. And that's what we're looking for. Anybody that we invite someone to really stick out and, and make the team if you're of age and if, and if you're not of age to, to get listed, and hopefully have a career in Prince George.
4: What's the biggest challenge going to be for the Cougars this season? Do you think? Well, we're we're
6: we're in a we're in a building mode. We 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 had a real tough time scoring goals, and so we're well aware of that. But um, we're going to be a competitive team. How good we're going to be, you know, it's hard to say. We've got a lot of good pieces. Are they going to fall into place? Um, are young guys really going to develop? Can they take a step? Uh, so probably the challenge is 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 not going to be much different. Scoring goals is, is, is was a hard part uh, for us. Our leading scorer isn't isn't back, but can uh, by committee can some of these other guys spin you know five to ten more goals to to make the whole team effort uh, a lot more goals this year.
4: All right, so that said, you said it's a growing year for you. You're not uh, going into the season thinking you're contenders. What is the the bar? Where what would you consider to be a, a successful season? If if you get into the playoffs is is that good enough for this season?
6: Oh, that would be that would be real good. Uh, you know, we know we know we're playing in a in a tough division. We know the league is competitive uh um progression. I think that's the word uh and we want to progress uh, in all areas. Um, you know, in, in 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 forwards in D, in in coaching, in scouting, and D and team wise, and coaching and scouting and and progression is an organizational thing where we need to progress right through the whole organization.
4: that sometimes takes time is, uh, Are you in a market that can be patient? Well, it, we
6: are we are, in, we are where we are with our organization. whether the market can be patient or not is is something that you know it's my job to be patient and, and, and build uh, the organization you know what we call the right way um i'm not sure any <laughs> any market is really patient because everybody wants to win and, mm-hmm. and so do we but if you if you if if you if you if you take steps and, and don't develop the right way you're going to be behind the eight ball um and you're going to be chasing it so um that's something that we don't want to do we want to try to make the right steps We we do have a plan on on um making a Cause we have a lot of draft picks. We do have a plan of, you know, building this organization to hopefully have a chance to take a run at it and win a championship at some day.
4: Mark, lastly, uh, you got a couple of preseason games in uh, Dawson Creek, BC against the Edmonton Oil Kings. I won't be making the trip uh, for that one, but just uh, how did that come about and why is it important uh, from your franchise perspective uh, to reach out to uh, a-, a city like that? Not exactly in your backyard, but uh, uh, to make that trip out there.
6: Well, it, it, it's, you know, we do have a lot of, um, BC guys and in Dawson Creek is, you know, actually Kurt Hill, he, he, he brought it to, brought it to me and, uh, we thought it'd be a great, great time to go and showcase both our teams out there, show that, uh, that area, the WHL, because there is players out there that, uh, that, that the whole WHL can use. So mm-hmm. it's a show our product out there. I think the people, they've been really receptive, the people that our business people have been dealing with and looking forward to it. And I think it's great for the team to do a little team bonding and get together in training camp and and go spend the weekend there.
4: Nice. Well, Mark, I appreciate your time today. Uh, good luck with uh, camp in the preseason and obviously what happens uh, for the Cougars this year. I appreciate your time and good luck. Thank you very much. That's Mark Lamb, the GM and head coach, of the Prince George Cougars, and you get the sense it could be another uh, growing, rebuilding year to some degree for uh, the Cougars, looking for some players to uh, take big steps forward this year, but uh, it's going to be, could be a long year for the Cougars, and remember, like Swift Current, a couple of years ago was their year to go for it, and they did, they ended up uh, losing in the first round, but uh, they did finish the season as uh, the top team in the BC Division, and getting there, Uh, took away a bit from their future. So it was a long season last year, and uh, Mark Lamb taking the patient approach wants to build from within and and do things the right way. Uh, But that does take time. So Cougar fans, sounds like you're going to have to be a bit patient. One more segment to go. And speaking of the Swift Current Broncos, is it a pretty similar story in southern Saskatchewan as the team moves from the east to the central division? Well, we'll find out. Dean Brockman is the GM and the head coach of the Broncos He's up next here on the Pipeline Show.
3: 35 seconds left. Steenbergen cuts into the slot. He's open. Moves, cuts, and Oh my goodness! What a goal by Tyler Steenbergen!
4: Hi, this is Tyler Steenbergen from the Swift Current Broncos, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show.
3: If I just got a good-
0: You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. I heard about that thing on the AM radio. Welcome
4: back to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. And the uh, final team we're going to look at on this week's episode is the Swift Current Broncos. And that means I get the general manager and head coach, Dean Brockman, uh, back on The Pipeline Show. Dean, it's been a long time since we had you on. I don't remember if I had you on. While you're with Saskatoon, or if it goes all the way back to your Humboldt days in the SJHL, but uh, welcome back to the Pipeline Show now.
2: Awesome. Thanks, Gee for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem
4: whatsoever. Uh, let's get right to it, and uh, we'll look at this year's team by looking uh, back at last year's club and listing the players who aren't back from last year's team. And last year was a, a season of transition, and it seems like it's uh, continued on here. Who's not back from last year's roster?
2: Well, you know, obviously the three overages aren't, and... uh you know, that's for obvious reasons. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, really, uh, it's just kind of one of those things. Uh, you know, I guess, uh, when you do that, then you add other guys, right? So, you know, that's the obvious thing there. And, uh, you know, on our back end, uh, you know, we're getting everybody back, um, you know, that's eligible to come back. And, you know, I guess up front, uh, we deleted Tyler Lees at the draft table because we felt that, uh, you know, it was just something that we could fill from within with a younger guy, possibly. So, mm-hmm. and when you have uh, when you're drafting, there's some guys that are just going to have to go. So, really up front, uh, you know, he's our only loss. So, you know, we do have a lot of guys eligible to return.
4: All right. Well, I guess, and when you're trying to build for the future, having the returning players, that's a bonus. Uh, when we go to the overage situation for the club, I know that's been in transition here a little bit lately as well, but. Uh, you have uh, what do you have? Two, three players coming to camp?
2: Yeah, we we have two. Uh, we have three actually. Sorry, uh, you know, we picked up Jake Kustra on waivers uh, earlier in the year, and we returned Ethan O'Rourke. Uh, you know, and uh, you know he's a guy that was with us from the beginning last year, and we also have Zach Cox coming to camp, and uh, he was a left bridge player last year, and uh, when uh, Ian Briscoe decided not to come. Uh, we put a claim in on Scott Mahavlich, and he decided to stay in Nanaimo and play. And you know, we totally understand that. And we just thought uh, it was a great opportunity to get another player here and uh, another older guy with Western Hockey League experience. So, you know, we'll see what Coxie can bring to the table. But uh, we're pretty happy with those three. And I know uh,
4: there's a change with the import situation as well for the Broncos. You you do return uh, the, the one-finished player. Oh. Uh, but not uh, the other, and you uh, picked up a a new finished player in the uh, import draft, and Casper uh, Pudio coming off a pretty good Holenka Gretzky Cup. Uh, where are you now with your imports?
2: Yeah, you know we we brought back Yona uh, Kivi Niemi, and uh, you know he had a great finish to his season last year, and then just having that first pick uh, overall, you know it uh, it was tough to bring back uh, Rupee. Uh, You know, unfortunately, because he was a pretty good trooper for us and played well at times. But when you have that first overall pick, you want to take advantage of it. And, uh, you know, with Puccio having uh, the pedigree that he has, uh, you know, we're going to bring with those two young lads. We'll go forward with it. And uh, we just thought we needed, uh, uh, you know, a higher end guy for sure.
4: Now, how much do you know of Puccio before you uh, drafted him? Or was it a case of you want the top defenseman that you could get your hands on, or, or was there something specific about him?
2: Well, I think uh, when you're in the market as we are in Swift Current, you have to, A, you know, make sure that it's a fit. And, uh, you know, we, you know, explored a lot of different options. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, his familiarity with with Yona, who he who he's skated with and, and played a bit with. And, uh, you know, for us, uh, it was a little bit of a process. But at the end of the day, uh, when you can get a player that's excited to come to our program, you know, in the situation that we at we are at with our rebuild and so on and so forth, uh, you know, it was a, it was a great fit, and uh, you know, we like the fact that his willingness to come and and be a part of the program and try and help us, and uh, you know, he obviously elevates our skill on the back end. So we're pretty excited about those two guys.
4: Now you, you have a bit of a, a pipeline to Finland. Now, uh, any chance that you mentioned it was a bit of a process to to get Casper to come over but was part of that I don't know do you call Alexi the Emmy and ask him to do you a favor
2: well yeah I mean he's familiar with uh with Heppo, and uh you know obviously I wasn't here when when Hepo was here but uh you know uh, you know Hepo did a great job in, in filling him in on on you know the city and the the organization and uh you know you know what to expect but uh you know Casper's a well educated person uh, you know he understands the community uh, when he drove him back from the airport, uh, you know he knew it was a farming, a small town. Uh, yeah, he know he knows exactly what he's getting into, and you know we're excited to have him.
4: All right, uh, Dean, let's look at the uh, goaltending uh, battle that you have uh, setting up for in camp. And I know last year, after coming off a WHL championship, it was a a rebuilding season for Swift Current. What what's it look like right now in goal for the Broncos?
2: Well, you know, going forward, uh, you know, we've got uh our returning Isaac Poulter who, you know, will be eighteen and you know, played pretty well for us and uh you know, we're comfortable with him as well as we've got a youngster at two thousand and two and Jordan Fairley, uh, you know, that we're we're gonna probably start the year with or or go forward with, uh, you know, we feel comfortable with those guys, and we want to give them every opportunity to succeed here and, and be a part of the, the rebuild.
4: Yeah, I know you drafted a, a goaltender in the uh, third round this past spring, but uh, obviously can't help you this coming season. So but behind uh, Poulter and Fairley, is there anyone else?
2: Well, you know, at the moment, uh, that's where camp is going to determine. Okay. Uh, you know, we've got a couple of young guys that... Uh, you know, are on our list, and, uh, you know, with drafting Reed Dick, uh, you know, he's an important part of our future for sure, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, a couple of guys that, uh, like I said, that we listed throughout the year that, uh, you know, we know that uh, we're very high on, and we just want to see what what they do at, uh, you know, at our level and at our camp, and uh, I guess without naming them, uh, we don't want to give preference to anybody, but uh, sure. both guys should come in and, and compete, uh, you know, quite you know, quite nicely and do the job.
4: All right, that's fair. Dean Brockman from the Swift Current Broncos is my guest here on the Pipeline Show. Uh, Your blue line in Swift Current this year, you mentioned you get to return a lot of players from last season, and that's a luxury not every team gets to gets to have. But uh, that that continuity from one season to the next and the natural progression of players that should be a pretty big positive for your club
2: no absolutely i think that's uh you know that's the biggest difference from a year ago uh you know we feel comfortable with our guys uh you know guys who will be you know competing for spots uh you know we certainly you know have the luxury of having some depth there and uh you know getting alex Moore last year you know helps out the blue line and you know connor horning had a tremendous year uh you know, for a young guy and played a ton of minutes, Uh, you know, adding Jake Kustra to give us more experience on the back end. You know, I think uh, there is some depth there. We know, you know, there's a long ways to go before we're going to be totally, completely happy with everything. But, you know, the nice part about it is to have the depth and, uh, you know, guys having, you know, to compete for spots. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we're maybe a little thin on the guys coming in as far as prospects go. Uh, just because of, uh, you know, guys that, you know, weren't here. And, uh, you know, I think in saying that, uh, you know, we've tried to replenish a little bit, uh, the young Auburn, uh, 03 and Chase Lacombe and 02 that we signed, uh, you know, gives us a little bit of younger depth. But, uh, again, uh, you know, we hope to get a few of our old four signed that, uh, they can come in and increase that depth. So, yeah you know it's it's great to have that in the organization
4: and we mentioned Casper Pudio as well and maybe you don't want to set expectations too high for a guy like that coming in as a rookie but he is highly touted and and should be one of your go-to guys
2: yeah no absolutely and again you're right I mean uh we don't want to put a, a ton of pressure uh you know he's draft eligible this year he's an 0-2 that's you know all a lot on NHL radar and so on and so forth and we do expect big things uh But you know what? We're going to let Casper be Casper and let him get adjusted. And uh, the more he gets uh, acclimatized, the more we'll play him.
4: All right. When you look at uh, the forward group, uh, who who becomes your sort of leadership up front? and Your top six uh, guys uh, that you're going to be leaning on this season uh, to bring that offense.
2: Yeah, you know it's uh, you know it's kind of one of those things. We do return some of our old ones that uh, you know gained valuable valuable experience last year and. You know, Kibby he comes to mind, uh, you know, to be a leader there. You know, Benny King, you know, Ethan Renier played a lot last year and learned a lot, uh, you know, in that role. Uh, you know, look at Carter Chorney who we got in a trade and Matt Culling. You know, those are gonna be the guys that, you know, come in and and try and set the set the tone for offensive uh, you know, production and you know, those guys are still, you know, new to the league, I guess. They were all rookies last year and you know carter's got a little bit more experience but you know when you look at it uh you know we're pretty young up there and uh you know hopefully those guys can have big years for us
4: when does your camp actually open are are guys uh, in town already
2: yeah you know we've got some guys in town our, our camp opens on sunday we've got a hockey school going on this week so you know we got nine or ten of the young lads working at it and uh yeah we're we're opening camp with registration on sunday and uh we get it we get at it uh on the ice uh you know, the following day on a Monday.
4: One of the things that always jumps out at me is uh, in the first few days of camp is the guys who have changed physically so much uh, since the last time you saw them in April. Uh, Anybody uh, immediately jump out like that at you or you're like, wow, that guy looks like he's four inches taller and he's put on 15 pounds.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm the only one that put on 15 pounds, I think, over the summer. (laughs) But uh, to be honest with you, you know, guys have – you know it looks from what i see have taken the steps to make themselves stronger and you know it's it's one thing that you know obviously emphasize you know guys got to do their homework and you know when you have a long off season like they did it's it's important to get the you know the work in you know and i think you know as everybody realizes everybody else is doing the same thing they're getting bigger and stronger so you know i i you know i would like to believe that all our guys got did their homework over the summer and and you know you know, a real small glance, I think everybody did.
4: Sure. Dean Brockman from the Swift Current Broncos is my guest. Uh, I know everybody that's invited to camp is invited for a reason because they have a chance of of uh, impressing and and, uh, and making the team in the long run. But are there some young guys coming or some camp invites, uh, players who are just not even the rights held by the, the Broncos, but getting that invite that uh, you don't know much about yet, but you're really intrigued by just uh to, to get a look at them and just maybe like a secret weapon kind of guys
2: yeah well we we could use a lot of secret <laughs> weapons to be honest with you as everybody would but uh you know some of the guys uh you know a young guy in old one 2 that we listed last year aiden bullets uh you know is a guy that's coming to camp that played junior in in new yorkton last year and uh you know we hope he can come in and uh want to be a part of the program and, and contribute and uh, you know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, was drafted later in this league, but uh, we feel he's progressed, and we're hoping to sign him and get him in the lineup on a regular basis. And, you know, we uh, picked up Brandon Machado off of, uh, you know, he got dropped by Winnipeg, and he's a free agent. So we hope those two guys can come in and solidify a little bit on the left side and down the middle. And uh, young guys coming in, you know, Sammy Schofield's a smaller guy, but, you know, we hope he's uh, got stronger and he's an O two 2 and, you look at Dawson Springer is another guy that uh, we picked up from Everett. Uh, so those are some of the guys that we expect to come in and, and push some of the guys that are here. And, and uh, yeah, just make it a lot of fun at camp and, and watch the battles go and uh, watch them grow as well as we go throughout training camp and uh, you know throughout the exhibition.
4: And I know every team has uh, a list of players on their protected list that are uh, headed the, the college route, the NCAA guys. And I know I'm not expecting Jacob Bernard-Docker suddenly uh, uh, leaving North Dakota and coming your way, but do you keep the lines of communication open with with players like that just in case something changes uh, from there, end?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, you're you're always, uh, you know, trying to find ways to improve your team, whether it's through the, the college, you know, uh, you know, route, and, you know, we we respect that. I mean, certain guys are going to do what they're going to need to do, and, you know, we always want to keep in communication in case, you know, things like that change for them. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a part of everyone's, uh, you know, dream to kind of land one of those guys. Uh, uh, we won't this year or to start the year anyway, and, uh, you know, hopefully down the road, uh, you know, some of those guys will come our way.
4: When you look back at last year and, and reflect on what the biggest challenges were for you, uh, joining the franchise after a really successful run for the team and in midst of so much transition, uh, and what those challenges were, and then you look compared to what lays ahead for you this year. How do you go from last year towards the uh, heading into this season? And, and uh, will the challenges be similar or, or will there be some
2: new ones? Well, uh, you know, we had a lot of challenges uh, ahead of us. Uh, you know not only on the ice but you know just off the ice and, and trying to acquire picks and and trying to reset and and do all those things and you know we're we're a long ways away you know we we still we we need a few more phases to go right for us and and, and you know really get get things kind of straight and uh, you know on the right you know climbing i guess or or trying to get to that that next level you know for us uh, we hope our guys that have played in the league you know got some experience and got older and got stronger you know we we're still going to have a lot of challenges uh you know we feel and uh yeah, it's exciting uh you know we still realize that it's early in the in the rebuild or reset or whatever you want to call it uh you know because we have a lot of guys that uh you know we didn't draft or were a part of the organization or that we traded for uh you know to fill some holes and you know we got rid of a lot of guys last year too to you know try and get some picks back and you know we're excited you know we got to you know we feel we had a have a good young you know four group that we drafted and want to get some of these guys signed and you know get them AP and get them playing some games so that you know when their time is up and, and ready to go uh, those guys are going to be the guys that we're going to lean, lean on and, and and build the culture with so you know I think for us uh we have to have a little bit more patience, uh, you know. Like I said, uh, we we've got a lot of obstacles, but uh, you know, we're just going to try and tackle them one at a time, and you know, hopefully, take the next phase uh, pretty seriously, and hopefully, we're a lot more competitive.
4: The the rebuild in the dub takes so much longer because the uh, the the banner draft, uh, you are drafting fifteen year olds, and they can't help you the uh, the season right after the draft. So, I mean, you you're able to move some guys and get picks, but it takes another year after that before those guys are even able to to step in and, and contribute a lot, uh, much for you. Would you prefer to see, uh, the Bantam draft to go up a year like it is in the OHL and the Cube?
2: Well, you know, it, and obviously it would be nice, but I mean, there's a lot of obstacles to overcome that too. And, uh, you know, I think for us, uh, you know, you just focus on what, what is in front of you, right. You know, and I think, uh, like I said, you know, it'd be nice to have it, uh, you know, a little bit older, but in the same breath, I totally get it. Uh, you know, why it's the age it is and NHL is getting younger and, uh, they want their guys, uh, you know, sooner. So, you know, we have to have our, get our fingers on them too, as young as we can. So yeah, there's pros and cons for both sides of it. And, uh, like I said, we just, uh, deal with it the way we can and go from here.
4: How does the switching of divisions, uh, work out for Swift Current this year? Does it, in the long run, does it change anything? I mean, geographically, uh, you'll still have Medicine at and Lethbridge fairly close. Like, uh, like Moose Jaw and Regina were for you last year but uh now you're going to be traveling up here a lot more.
2: Well, you know what the, the nice thing about changing the divisions, uh, you know, we did get the concession of the schedule to play Regina and and Moose Jaw six times. So, okay. um, you know, that's nice to keep those rivalries. Uh, it's not a great time to be coming in the central when you got those powerhouses like Edmonton and Calgary and, you know, Lethbridge is going to be fine and, you know, Medicine Hat's revival with with Willie and uh, you know you got red deer who's always good so yeah you know it's, it's maybe not the greatest of timing uh you know all great teams and franchises and you know kind of guys that are always in it and yeah you know what it's it's going to be a challenge but you know what the challenge is great you know it's a it's a great indicator for your young guys to see where they're at and and you know we know where guys are at with their cycle so yeah it's it's like i said not the greatest time but really is there a great time to join and not really uh They've always been good in that side, and yeah, it just makes you better, it makes you work harder, and, and makes the challenge that much greater.
4: And lastly, uh, I guess I, I want to know what your expectations are for this season in terms of what you would consider to be a successful year. Uh, if I'm reading between the lines, you're not going into the year thinking you're contending for the championship or anything. So, what would be a successful year for the Broncos?
2: Well, for us, uh, again, you know, like I, I tell our players. Uh, we want to give ourselves a chance to win every night, and I know that's very evasive, but in the same breath, uh, you know, until you get going, until you see what everybody's lineups are like and how our guys have developed and, and, and carried themselves, and, and once we get to see more guys on a regular basis, uh, You know, live viewings of Casper Fido is is none, zero, you know, and his adjustment. And there's a lot of factors that go into it. Are you going to stay healthy? Are you not? And, you know, you can have a year where there's a ton of injuries. But, you know, for us, uh, we want to... Go into every game thinking we have a chance to win, and that's what, how we're going to approach it. And we'll see how it goes from there. I, you know, uh, I'd love to think that we're going to win the league, but we have to be realistic about it, too, and know that we need to learn how to compete and be a Western Hockey League player, you know, on every night and not just nights when you feel like it. So it'll be an exciting uh, up and down season. Uh, there's always a roller coaster, as there is for every team, and uh, we just hopefully we're, we're climbing and, and not falling.
4: Well said. Uh, coach, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, good luck in camp, and we'll see you when the Broncos come through Edmonton.
2: It sounds fantastic, Guy, and uh, thanks a lot and really appreciate what you do for the league.
4: That's Dean Brockman, the GM and head coach of the Swift Current Broncos. Very kind of him to pay the compliment at the end there. Uh, and I' tough to uh, disagree with uh, his assessment of the Central Division this year. It is a tough uh, tough season uh, to join the division. As it looks like it's going to be a pretty strong one for uh, most of the club's. And the Swift-Current Broncos, I just wonder geographically how it changes things. Um, Probably not a whole lot, at least it sounds like in year one, uh, they've made concessions with the league to uh, play Moose Jaw and Regina more than, than, say, Edmonton would. So interesting to see if that continues moving forward or not. Now that does wrap up this week's episode. And uh, the five GMs uh, or coaches that you heard from on the show this week, thanks to all the teams and the media people, that help set those uh, interviews up next week on the program there are going to be four teams uh, in the spotlight so might squeak in another guest uh, about something else uh, covering a different subject as well but the uh, four teams and the guests who will join me next week we're going to talk about the Tri-City Americans and I'm getting head coach Kelly Buckberger on the show next week when it comes time for the Seattle Thunderbirds it'll be uh, general manager Bill LaForge we're going to continue with the U.S. Division theme. And uh, Mike Johnston, who is the head coach and GM of the Portland Winterhawks, he's going to be on the show. And uh, the only uh, non-U.S. Division team next week will be the Saskatoon Blades. Mitch Love, the head coach of those Blades, he'll be my guest next week. So full slate of guests, at least the four teams that we're going to cover out of the WHL, and as I mentioned, might be another guest that I get on uh, to talk about something else as well. And by the end of next week's show, that's uh, pretty much half the teams in the WHL that will be done. And we'll get to the second half uh, in the weeks following that. I can tell you right now, every team now is confirmed. I have interview times and dates uh, set up with uh, all coaches or GMs uh, from the remaining teams. So looking forward to sharing those previews with you. Ulking King Camp, if you're in the local area, gets going on Wednesday. Real short camp this year, Rookie Camp will be a couple of days, and uh, Friday, Saturday, the main camp, with the, and it all wraps up on the Sunday, the annual Red-White game, and then uh, the first preseason game will be against the Red Deer Rebels on September 3rd. That will be at the Downtown Community Arena, and they're calling it a Young Guns uh, game. I, I believe everybody that will be playing that night will be 18 years or younger, so it will be a younger game. Good chance to look at some of the young players before they go back to school. And then on Friday, the Oil Kings are hosting the Calgary Hitmen, that one also, at the downtown community arena. And uh, uh, Little Bird has told me we are broadcasting both of those games on TSN 1260. That may or may not be 100% uh, confirmed and official yet, but I believe that's the plan. The other three games of the Oil Kings preseason schedule are not going to happen, uh, at least not on radio. The, The Oil Kings are down in around the Calgary area. And then they go up to Dawson Creek, B.C. to play the Prince George Cougars a couple of times. We're not making a trip up there, that's for sure. Uh, Last minute reminder, if you want to become a patron and get uh, early access to all the interviews that you're hearing on The Pipeline Show, you can do that. Patreon.com slash The Pipeline Show. If you want to know how to spell Patreon, if I say it too quickly, it's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Pipeline Show. There's a link to it on my Twitter bio, at TPS underscore Gee is where you can follow me on Twitter. Love to have you on board. A couple of bucks a month is all it takes, and you can get early access as well. Looking forward to next week's show. Between now and then, get out and watch some junior camps in your neck of the woods. You can watch the Junior Club World Cup online as well, and you and I can talk about it all next week here on the Pipeline Show. Till then, my name is Keith Flaming. See ya.